If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right, today's episode is a live question. So people actually called in, asked us questions, and we coached them on air. By the way, if you want to be on one of these episodes... Email your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. Now, we opened the episode with an intro portion. So that was the first 62 minutes of this episode. This is where we talk about current events, scientific studies, and we mention our sponsors. After that, we got to the questions. So here's what went down in today's Mind Pump podcast. We opened up talking about free weights versus machines. Then we talked about NCI coaches and NCI certifications for online coaches. By the way... If you're thinking about becoming an online coach or you are one now and you want to become more successful, you got to go check these guys out. They're the best. Head over to ncimindpump.com forward slash claim. And here's what's happening. Right now, they're doing 50% off their new NCI 2.0 rates. They also have 0% down with low monthly payments and they have a $10,000 money back guarantee. Really crazy. Go check them out. Then Justin talked about his new home gym with PRX. PRX makes the best home gym equipment. It's commercial-grade stuff that is designed to fold into the wall so that you have a low profile. You can park your car in the garage, take the car out, fold out the, the rack, and now you can work out. Anyway, go check them out and get a discount. Head over to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump, and on that page, you'll get 5% off all of their products. Then we talked about estate planning, the Tiger King. There's another one that came out. The fashion industry being the second largest polluter on the planet a huge reveal from me, which led us to talking about our Mind Pump Hormones Forum, which is free on Mind Pump, and the company that we work with that does uh, hormone therapy, testosterone replacement therapy, and hormone testing. You can go check that out at mphormones.com. Then we got to the question. So the first one was from Andrew from New York. Here we talk about how a 5 by 5 routine can cause injuries and pain. Then we talked to Zenib from Berlin, and we talk about an easy hack to get your squat to progress. So great, great one there. Then we talk to Elliot from California, and we talk about how sometimes, guys, you're in your 20s, you can have low testosterone. What can you do about that? And then the final question was Mac from Indiana, and we talk about how some high-level athletes may not be seeing results and what is at fault. Also, all month long, two programs are 50% off, two workout programs, and they're very effective ones. The first one is MAPS HIT. This is high-intensity interval training done right. And then we also have MAPS SPLIT. This is an advanced bodybuilder split-style routine. Again, both 50% off. If you're interested or you want to learn more, head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Just make sure you use the code DECEMBER50. That's DECEMBER50 with no space for that 50% off discount. All right, check this out. The best tool, generally speaking, for resistance training or strength training is free weights. Generally speaking, again, it's better than machines, it's better than bands, better than cables, better than body weight. All right, guys, let's talk about this. How's that mm. comedian say it? Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Remember that one? 
the yeah. blue blue collar comedy guys. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. That's, yeah, yeah, you don't know that one. No, I yeah, that's that. when you like when you say something like obvious. It's like, super I think obvious. That's, I think that's pretty obvious. It's you know it's not. It's controversial. It's really it's, in our space. I've I've seen people debate this before. Which I think we should talk want? about why we are these say, machine people. Are yeah, typically. Yeah. yeah, cable machine people. And it, by the way, I said generally because definitely there are situations and cases where um, machines and cables are superior, but. Overall, when you're looking at, and when you have to consider the overall, right, the whole picture, function, performance, strength, muscle building. Versatility. Versatility. Uh, free weights are just, they're, they're remarkably effective. And even, and even when you compare them towards machines that are almost identical in terms of the movement pattern, like a hack squat is similar to a barbell squat. But a barbell squat is just uh, so much more effective at all those other things that I well. And do you listed. think that is mainly because of just the instability that it causes? Because when you're doing dumbbells or free barbell, like you have to balance the weight versus something being on a track. Yeah, you know, I would say so. But you know what the problem with that is? Is that you know when I was training people in the early 2000s, or well, you guys were too, the instability you know, uh, crowd went crazy, right? It was like mm -hmm. standing on wobble discs and physio Lucy balls, balls. and dyna discs. And so there's definitely a, a diminishing returns with that kind of stuff. Um, and we haven't really been able to identify specifically why this anecdote is so common. Like if you talk to top coaches, trainers, if you, if you like just took a, a survey of a hundred of really, really good coaches and trainers, a majority of them would, would agree. Now, some of them would disagree, but a majority of them would, would agree. Studies can show that there's evidence to kind of support what we're talking about. Like a barbell squat tends to translate more on the field than like a leg press, for example. Um, muscle building, I don't know if there's really any studies that show what we're talking about, but there's a lot of anecdote and it's hard to explain why. My theory is that obviously our bodies evolved in the real world, in nature, and so our bodies evolved lifting free things. You yeah. know, so I think it mimics, or at least it, it it sets in motion adaptation processes that evolved lifting things that were more similar to free weights than to machines and cables. So my theory is that it's it's a lot more difficult. So the the learning curve is longer. So the the gains and or potential gains that you could get from it just are extended. So I I think if we were to graph this, and let's say you had like a free motion machine or let's just or your whatever your hammer strength favorite machine for like chest right and then you had like a dumbbell press i think at the beginning they would look pretty close mm -hmm. and then i think that you would get adapted to the machine relatively quicker and then you would see kind of this plateau where the free weights would kind of continue because there's, there's less ranges of motion to consider in terms of having to stabilize and control right and so i i honestly look at it as a if we're looking at like a signal perspective of how many muscles we need to incorporate for different tasks in each movement, each exercise. So in terms of like me doing, say, uh, an overhead press on a track, like I can I can extend and press uh, this weight overhead, but at the same time, it's not putting as much demand laterally, uh, rotationally, uh, and also uh, stabilizing completely on the way down as well, which is the eccentric portion. I think there's more demand too with the free weights with gravitational force. Yeah. I'm, so, okay. So I'm going to get to that because I, I love what you said and I, I got some thoughts around that, but here's something that a lot of people don't realize that's obvious. I remember learning this when I went to go buy and open my own gym. 
and I you talk to machine manufacturers and you know hammer strength and all that stuff and Nautilus and all these you know Cybex. Most machines are designed around some a male who's about five ten five nine five ten. Then they have adjustable seats and arms to kind of accommodate people outside of that. But what happens when you work out with a machine is that you have to follow the machine's path and track and range of motion, essentially. Free weights follow your body. So if I'm doing an overhead press with someone who's, with a kid who's, you know, four foot ten or a, a man that's, you know, six foot eight, the free weights will follow them. They're not following the machine. And how many times have you guys had a client that was outside of the average, you go in a machine and it just doesn't work very well for their body, right? So there's that. And then what you said, Justin, mm -hmm. here's what's interesting about the central nervous system because that's what, right, that's what sends the signal for the muscles to work, right? We've used the amplifier versus the speaker. process. Yeah. When you activate the central nervous system, uh, when you activate more of it, then it, it fires harder and more effectively in specific ways. So for example, if I want to press one dumbbell overhead but maintain a relaxed body, I'm only going to be able to press so much weight. If I tense up my entire body, mm -hmm. I can use, typically I can lift 10% or more. Powerlifters know this. When powerlifters bench press, they talk about using leg drive. Like what the hell do legs have to do with the bench press? You're just putting your legs on the ground. They're not lifting the bar. But they noticed a long time ago that when they activate their lower body, they could press more weight. And free weights tends to encourage that because yeah. of that. Pro like if I'm doing a standing overhead press, I have to tense my whole body right. just to support myself and balance. And so I'm able to probably fire more muscle fibers as a result. Like you could probably intensify your machine workouts by intentionally bracing really hard and trying to add more, um, you know, muscle tension to contribute. However, yeah, free weights are just more, they, they just place that demand naturally uh, on your body in order to be able to even maintain the certain posture and control of your body. Yeah. And I, th again, I, th I say generally, because I know there's going to be cases where someone's like, Oh, I got better results using a machine, um, or, you know, this leg exercise. But when well, I an example of when that would happen is when someone's, uh, when someone's form and technique is so bad on an exercise, then having a machine where you, it helps you with that, could accelerate their their and you their can results. push harder, for example. Right, right. So there there are cases where that will make sense, but I, I again I go I go back to I think where the real benefits kick in. It's the learning curve. I think it's that if you were to look head to head with the the point you guys are making with the machine and free weights, I think it would be like a little bit better at first. Like if you zero zero, no one you've never done anything. You're just starting someone. They're brand new. Yeah. And they one's doing machine exercise, the other one's doing free weight yeah, exercise. Let's compare a hack squat to a barbell squat. For right. Example. Right. So, and I think at initially the 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 gains and results uh, would be pretty close. I still think free weights would be a little bit better, but it would be pretty close. I think it's where it really kicks in is over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you put a, if you put a new client on a, a hack squat machine in a relatively short period of time, in comparison to the barbell squat, they'll be able to push with maximal force. Yeah, with a barbell squat, they it's going to take a while. It's going to take a year, two year. Yeah, they could be doing that movement for years before they can even really truly max maximize it because it it's so challenging. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you're not getting results the whole time, right? But yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean. Of all the people that I trained, um, I never saw uh, – well, I don't want to say never. Of course, there's always exceptions. But, again, generally speaking, nothing came close. And yeah. I didn't care what exercise it was. You know, Even if it was a cable curl versus a dumbbell curl 
as silly as it sounds, very simple, basic exercise. Yeah, by the way, this I had a as a kid. This is my own anecdote. I was uh, I had a dislocated my knee as a kid, and long story short, I finally decided I'm just going to go work out so I can rehab it. And and then I I was training my legs really hard. I was doing the leg press, the hack squat, the leg extension, leg curl. I was doing different uh, varieties of leg presses and hack squats in the Smith machine. And I developed, my legs built. They definitely built. And I was pushing weight and I was pretty strong. Right? I was a 16-year-old kid, pretty strong. Then I met those power lifters and they're like, dude, just barbell squat. And I swear to God, I barbell squatted and I gained 10 pounds that summer. And I'd never seen my lower body respond the way it did with all those other exercises. That was my own personal yeah. experience. Well, it was interesting because I, I remember talking to one of my clients who was always focused on Smith Machine bench press and uh, just uh, was like discussing like what's the difference? Why? Because they they tried like a regular barbell uh, bench press and could only do half the weight, mm. and they were just like mystified by that. And I was a new trainer and I had a hard time kind of describing all that, but like just all those little nuanced variables of you know the ability for the barbell to kind of travel for, away from you, behind you, tilt you know, all these types of, you know, things that don't seem like a lot, but when you add weight to it and you keep stacking that, that's a lot more for your body to account yeah. for. By now, the way, if, if you ever see me and I rarely ever work out in commercial gyms, usually it's a hotel gym if I'm traveling, I will use lots of machines and cables, mainly because I never do. So I work out, I'd say probably 90% of my workouts revolve around free weights. So the novelty effect is great with machines and cables. So if you see me in a commercial gym, what you'll probably see me doing or a lot of things that I don't normally do, and there's value there. There's also value in certain cases of rehab. There's certain exercises that just don't work well with free weights. Like if I'm doing a cable chop, obviously I can't, gravity doesn't work sideways, you know, tricep press down. There's certain exercises that are uh, more suited for, you know, cables and machines. Cables, by the way, are my favorite machine. They're the most versatile form of machine. What I said earlier about free weights mirroring the body and, and or the body having to calm, you know, uh, follow the track of the machine. Yeah, it moves with you. Really At well. least with cables, right? Uh, you can really adjust that for the individual. I mean, when I had my wellness studio, I had a I had a, a cage, so I had a squat rack, I had dumbbells, um, I had bands, and I had cables, and that was it. I didn't have a single machine in there, and I trained everybody that way, and it was great. And I worked out that way. That's all, and it's still to this day. Again, if you see me working out, that's pretty much what I'll what I'll be using. Now there are some studies that actually counter the point that we're trying to make right now um and i you know people tend to jump on them especially if you're a big machine or cable person and that's the uh you know the, the short periods where they 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 track people for like six weeks and they're talking about muscle activation yeah, yeah. so you'll make this case sometimes that oh well hack squat fires the quads way more than okay. the and, muscles are more active uh, right yeah with the, the, the entire time more right tense. and so they'll they'll take that on this, this yeah. and they'll study the two groups and compare and compare them and make the case that hey if you want to develop your quads um this machine is actually superior and so that's why i think there is a lot of debate around this conversation even though i think initially we teased you in saying that this is obvious but you're right. There's some contention around it or some debate. I think that's one of the reasons why there's debate is because you see these muscle activation studies that show that these muscles are firing way more on this machine, but that doesn't tell the whole story. No, right? I, the, the, there's a huge limitation with studies on this. Like a real world, like our experience is based off of training people for long periods of time. So like you'll talk, you'll hear us talk about the value of, 
you know, 15 to 20 rep range or the value of one to five rep range. Well, when they do studies on rep ranges for eight weeks, you know, eight to 10 or eight to 12 builds more muscle than both of those rep ranges. However, what they don't consider in their short period, their short studies is over time, your body tends to get used to a particular rep range and switching will get your body to move again. And all of them build muscle. So although one might be a little better in the short term, all of them still build muscle. They all have value. And so I'm talking about, you know, I trained people for years. I know you guys did too. And so that's what this is based off. This is not like I trained 15 people for three months and I found in three months that machines were as effective as free weights. It's like, no, I trained people for, I had clients around me for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And when you start training people for long, you know, extended period of times, or you work out yourself for long extended periods of time, that's when these things start to reveal themselves and you start to see, oh, I can see now the value in this way of training because although this one was great for the first six months, I started to develop some joint pain or I started to lose mobility or really stopped working after a short period of time. Whereas this other method, you know, gave me these long-term, you know, benefits. And then the, we can't dismiss the functional aspect, right? Um, how well does the strength that you build in the gym translate into the real world. Yeah. We need that's very I think a lot of people are who are just interested in in changing how they look dismiss that, but I'm going to tell you right now, if your function is good, the odds that you'll look good for longer periods of time are higher. Mm -hmm. So you can't dismiss that. Now you don't have to become the super functional athlete, but don't dismiss the functional aspect because losing function will eventually take away from the aesthetics that you're trying to build. It'll, it'll definitely take away from your physique. And I look, I tell you what, fine. You can see this sometimes in gyms, these old, you know, ex bodybuilders that really never learned how to train that way. And you can tell like, they're so limited with their exercises. Oh, I used to squat. I used to, and then I hurt and I can't do anymore because it hurts my back. And they're very limited. And you could tell that their, their bodies start to suffer as a result of it. So, you know, keep that in mind. That includes mobility, right? Keep mm -hmm. that in mind because if that goes down, then your you know repertoire of effective exercises becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And what you could do to get your body to, to feel good and look good becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And then your appearance and your aesthetics start to suffer as a result. This application of you know advice and training is so important. Um, and th by the way, this is one of the reasons why one of the only certifications we work with is NCI. It's not because they they communicate the best nutrition information. They but do the have great nutrition information. Talk all information. about the application. It's about the application. Yeah. I've seen other courses, and they're really great for education. So they're going to make you really smart. But if you can't apply it, it means nothing as a trainer. I don't care how much you know. If you yeah. can't coach someone and train someone... It's not uh, going to get them closer to their re desired results. It's not going to help. And that's the entire point of why they're there. I think we lose sight of that all the time. Yeah. Well, how, how often do you guys read comments on like YouTube and our reviews and stuff like that of people that say that they've learned more from the show than they have from any of their certification they have because we speak more to the application of the science than we actually talk about the science itself yep. because you have to factor in behavioral stuff. If you're yep. not pay factoring that in, you're crazy because it's one of the biggest pieces to their success. It's if not mm -hmm. the biggest piece. Yeah. And, and you know, and ironically, certifications leave that out. They do. They don't teach. Here's two things that certifications leave out that NCI tackled, which is why I think they're growing so fast. They leave out a application. Like I've done certifications. I know you guys have too. They rarely ever talk about, like they'll tell you here's the science, but then they won't tell you. 
but here's what actually happens and here's right. how it affects your clients. And, and here's an example of a client that has all these conditions and here's how I would appropriately kind of take them through and, and get them, you know, on a better path. Yeah. They don't, they don't do that. They just, no, they leave that just, out. Here's the science and then figure it out. Yeah. And then they also leave out the, here's how you become a successful trainer. Nobody teaches you that. Like you yeah. go get certified. None of them teach you because here's the deal. If you're a not successful trainer, if you don't know how to build your clientele, you don't know how to organize it, manage it. You don't know how to charge the right rates. You don't know how to, you're going to fail. You're not going to succeed. Then you can't train people. You can't help anybody. And certification courses spend zero time on this. There's yeah. no time spent on this at all. Which is crazy because uh, aren't these certifications trying to prepare you to be successful and actually make a career out of this long term? Yep. And you have to be able to make money. Oh, I tell you what, look, we all manage trainers. Uh, what how, what percentage of your time was spent teaching your trainers biomechanics and science? And what percentage of your time was spent teaching trainers application and how to build their business? Yeah, 80-20. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was mostly application and how to build your business. Yeah. So NCI, they, they focus a lot of time on application and building your business, which is why people are succeeding and they're getting clients better results. And I hope other certifications take note and start to follow suit because- Otherwise, what happens? I forgot they, they when we were up there in Arizona, didn't they tell us what the trainer dropout rate was? I think the attrition rate was like eighty percent. Oh, I don't know. What the, I mean, I would agree with that though. I mean, that was my probably what my turnover looked like when um, I was managing gyms. Yeah, it was a huge. Did they did they cover that? I don't they, he did. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. him covering that. Like a I know huge, it's even less for independent trainers once they leave like a corporate setting where you you know basically fed clients. So right, right. Yeah, I can only yeah. imagine how huge bad. dropout. Yeah, absolutely huge dropout. What other industries are like that? What are, what other industries have like really high turnover? What, what else has got that, that like kind of hairstylists or uh, bartenders or uh, I mean I know for for a fact when I worked in the restaurant industry yeah hairstylists you're right I know that one's up there too I'm trying to think what other what other I bet you real estate agents yeah I bet probably. you that's kind of huge yeah because yeah, you go get you go get your license and everything and then you're ready to make big money and they're like oh crap this is hard. <laughs> I know a few people who yeah. got their real estate license did nothing. I don't know. I'm guessing. So I have no Same idea. Same with life insurance agents. Really? Absolutely. High turnover there too. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I can make money life insurance. They do the exam, the whole nine yards and then they quit. Yeah. I, I bet Probably you- just sales in general then, right? Like, yes. Especially highly commissioned ones Mono that rely a lot on the <laughs> sale, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Sales is probably- I would imagine there were jobs where people thought, oh my God, it's going to be easy money or jobs where people were like, oh, this sounds like fun. You know, like, I love this. Like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a restaurant. I love cooking. And then, you know, the, the restaurant. That's always been the problem, I feel, in our industry because it always sounds like an awesome idea to live in the gym and help people out. And yeah, that's just yeah. my entire, you know, goal is to just help people. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, of gyms, um, I want I want you to tell everybody what happened with your PRX. Then they, they, they sent you what the wrong weights. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I saw it. Well, yeah, they did. I got 25s instead of 55s. I think they know that. Which, like, he was a little ambitious. There no, you go, Justin. Give no. me the 25. Let's be honest. It's more than you need. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was teasing him like, about well, it. Well, I guess let's keep stacking 25s on the bar. You uh, know, no big deal. No, they, they handled it, and they're shipping me the 55s and everything. But, like, uh, yeah, I finally got everything set up on the cinder block wall. This time was a cinder block wall, which I was a little bit, like, nervous about because I hadn't done it before. I'd done it on studs before, and then I did it in here, Wait, which so how do you do it? You have to first pre-drill and then... You pre-drill and then you get a real specific type of uh, anchor bolt to um, basically has like, I don't want to describe Like it. a thread in there. Yeah, it's like a it. thread and then it like, it, it sinks it in real tight. So it's it's a pretty secure 
uh, anchored in Bro, that's going to feel so solid. Solid as, as hell. Yeah. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, super solid. I better was than in here, you think? Better, way better than in here. And I. that's why I'm always like, you know, don't rip those weights off super fast because uh, <laughs> it's because of the, these walls are like, like aluminum studs that are hollow. Yeah. And so there's just not a lot of security there to begin with. Cause these are, you know, for retail mm-hmm. stores, like they don't put a lot of effort in the materials, but yeah. uh, Justin could run through this wall easily. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would like smash. You can run through most walls. Yeah. But this one, he would. He but I'm through. so excited because I finally have a pull-up bar. My other one didn't have a pull-up bar on it. So did you get the bigger one? Is it the yeah. same one as this one out here? The same one is out here. I love this one. Just orange, you know, and uh, looks cool. And I got two two uh, weight trees, you know, hanging up. Everything's on the wall. I have um, I have the dip bars. I have I actually have this cool landmine attachment they have now that you can put on the wall. Uh, and so I'm starting to do a lot of this landmine university wait, wait, stuff. Wait, wait, they have a landmine attachment that goes in the wall. Yeah, so you bolt it to the wall. So I just like shove it into the wall, and then go to town. Oh, wow! So I don't have to like set it up or put it on the rack is or it, nothing. Is it positioned for? Could you do a T-bar row on it too, or is it too high? Of course. For yeah. Yeah. Really? I need to find an attachment. For, I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. I'd love to do T-bar rows again. Yeah, you know what I use for... So I do a T-bar at home. I just take the barbell. And I do old school. I just put it in the corner of the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get the V-bar and just put it around the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the pull-down pull, pull down V-bar. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah so I just and put it around. Just pull it around. And- or I get the rope and I put it around if I want to get like a greater range of motion. But the attachment's probably yeah. way better. Yeah, I was going back and forth with the bench because they actually now have one of those... Uh, fold down once from the wall like we have we have in here is it's at first it was just um, I have the fold we're beta my, testing it I have the fold down at my house you do mm-hmm. oh for the incline not the incline one yeah, I don't yeah. have that one yet I have I had the flat one yeah so I had the flat one previous to that oh okay you had that one uh, and uh, so this one I actually got the freestanding one that's got incline just because I didn't have a whole lot of wall space left with everything I bought so uh, yeah but. Yeah, so it's uh, you know it's all set up, man. It's it's ready to go. So I know you obviously could probably pay it in full. You probably did, but did you consider financing it? Because I know they have such a cool financing deal. Yeah, I, I actually financed mine. <laughs> I did finance. Oh, the you first did. Okay, one, not this one. Oh, yeah, okay. This one, I I just went for it. Oh, really? But both of you guys finance it. Yeah, I, you yeah. Oh. I know you're like the opposite of that stuff. You I hate pay, you pay stuff, but you yeah. know what? That's not smart money. If if especially with inflation and everything, it's actually pretty smart to lock in. Low interest rates right now. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, it's super. It's super cheap. To, I mean, I looked at it like gym membership, right? It's like yeah. I would be like I'm. I now have made this transition. I'm no longer working out in gyms. I'm going to move into training at home. And so, what would my gym memberships cost? I mean, I think it's less than what my gym memberships combined would be. So it's like, and and I don't. So I never felt like I could be. Although. I think I'm still paying for some gym memberships. So that's, are you still? Yeah, I think so. I think I got, I think I got hit with a bill. You, just, you got rid of all of them, yeah. You just no. love the industry so much. You I do. That's, that's how I look. That's how I'm gonna look at it. Like I'm just trying to help out. You know, I don't want to support them. Yeah, support them. So. Yeah, no matter what, the gym industry for me is like my. That's my my people, man. So yeah. whenever I hear about a gym like going under or gym try, like I don't know why it always makes me sad. You yeah. Know what I mean? Well, you know oh, what totally. always happens to me is like because I've been in this these phases where I decide either I'm gonna switch to another gym or I'm gonna cancel that one. Is I, I like I would go down. This is what would happen to me. Oh, you know what? I talked about on the show. Reminded me, I'm gonna cancel my gym, and then all of a sudden I'm gonna be like, you know, I really want to go down and use, you know, club sports sauna. And I'm like, damn it, I just canceled. Then I go down and I have to resign and do the whole thing over again, <laughs> just because I'm in. How this... many times have you canceled? And resigned? Oh, dude, I've done that so many times. <sighs> so many times with gyms. Uh, bo- both are the golds, the club sport, and the 24 hour fitness. 
I have canceled and re-signed back up at least on each one of those, at least three to four times on each yeah. one. Wow. Now, do you have the 24-hour fitness, those original, like, $49 a year after you prepaid? No, I have a... Um, or was it the family and friends? Yeah, like no, I, no, I don't even have a good, really good deal. I'm actually paying, like, like normal, which is ironic because we worked there and I could have got, like, a smoking deal. See, that just, just to show you, when I, I've, I had that deal a long time ago, but I've canceled it and re-signed up so many times that... I'm just whatever the normal. I pay like sixty something dollars a month because I have all club super sport access for twenty four, mm. and then I pay a hundred and I want to say twenty or fifty for the club sport, which is like the spa one that we wow. do, and then I pay another so like, tw like, like twenty something hundred bucks a year, and then another thirty four thirty nine dollars for the all, all the golds one. Or Someone needs to make a meme with Adam, like just like holding money and it's on fire. No, I mean, if you find value in it, I mean, that's that's the thing. Well, what will happen is I'll go down and I'll use one of yeah. them, or I'll want to use it, and I'm like, son of a bitch, you know? I did. It I all got in that trap for a while because of the old man uh, gyms that you want, like just the sauna, and yeah. you want, like some of the nice amenities, but you don't really get it because. I don't know. I still, I still look for that kind of stuff. Like it's relaxing to me. I like being around that. But at the same time, I've gotten used to the home gym Dude. for all the, you know, the the meat and potatoes. Yeah. How funny is that, right? As I've gotten older, like when I was a kid, I didn't give a shit about the locker room or yeah. you know, steam and sauna, like whatever. Now I go in a. Can, do you guys have? Yeah, <laughs> I go look in the locker room like, oh, it looks like eucalyptus nice. oil in there. Yeah, is, that's yeah. a clean shower. Yeah. I think I'd like. This well, part. I know what it happens, I, and I've caught myself doing this as we've gotten older. Is like I'll go like I oh, gotta go to the gym today, and I'll go do. Well, I'm not really feeling it today, so I go do like two or three things, and then I'm in the sauna for the next hour. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. If they had racquetball, I'd be like all into that, dude. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm full old man. Yeah, right and now. then I found myself. I haven't done it in a while, obviously, because they had shut it down. And I said forget it and I canceled. But I found myself like I'm like, am I that old guy in the locker room that walks? around naked because I'd go in the sauna and then you know I'm hot I don't really care anymore I'm just gonna walk over there and, and then you know there's like other people in the locker room like I'm that dude now I better yeah. cover myself up put your dude. foot up on the bench just yeah. speaking of being an old guy I need to air, air out yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. of old guy I have <laughs> right a random up. question for you guys have, do you guys have have you guys written wills uh, so I have a trust that yeah. we just wrote I had a trust uh, but not a will which basically no. is you know what did you leave me similar no, nothing. Oh, okay. I, I I was just reading. I was reading this article, and actually, like from ages eighteen to thirty six, some young age, there's been like a eighteen percent increase of people writing their wills at that age. Just a younger demographic of people that are now writing wills at a much younger age than before. Oh, wow. I just thought that was interesting because you know I'm forty and I haven't written a will, so I was just I was curious if you guys were doing it, yeah. and then also if you had any sort of speculation it's, on why. Well, especially if you're well, not married. I don't married. want the state to own anything That's after it. I'm gone. Especially if you're not married. Like so let's say you're not married and you're you know you got your girlfriend and whatever or you have kids and you die. She doesn't necessarily get your stuff. And if your child is under 18, I believe it goes to a state arbitrator, if I'm not mistaken. And then mm -hmm. it goes to the state and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So that's when it's a will becomes. for them to get it. But if you have a spouse, it automatically goes to them unless you don't want it to. Or if you have like children from previous marriages, then it's probably good to have a will because then they can start to fight over what's going on. Or if you're old and you have all these kids. So my I have a uh, an aunt that's worked in uh, the banking industry forever. And she's told me, she goes, you would, you would not believe what money does to families. Like, oh. like, the, oh, like, yeah, just, yeah, like, the, like the, the patriarch and matriarch pass away and all their kids, they have five kids, take each other to court 
and just are vicious with each other and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can't even, it's like terrible. She people tells are me always, stories. People are always surprised at that, but I'm not. I mean, almost every family has the one brother or the one sister, right? Who like, you got like five bro- siblings and then like there's one or two that just don't have their shit together. Yeah. And what they see is that opportunity and they're entitled they're like piranhas, to- piranhas. Well, know, they just, waiting. they don't have any money and yeah. they haven't maybe made done very well for themselves. And then all of a sudden mom and dad leave a house that's worth a million dollars. That's yeah. a quarter million dollars or say whatever in, in their name. And they're like, and then maybe the other siblings are established, have their own houses and they'd rather keep the but house. You don't deserve it or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, we, we, so I have a, friend i have a friend whose family so this happened to somebody they knew right where the the parents died they were older and one of the kids was their full-time caretaker uh and had a job but also took care of them for like the last i don't know four years of their life and so you know the, la- the last three or four years of your life as you get older you, you know they can be rough right you need someone to help you get bathe. up go to the bathroom bathe feed them do all stuff so this their child, their daughter, did all this for like four years. The parents told the kids verbally, hey, listen, so-and-so's been taking care of us for the last four years. I would like them to have this much more mm-hmm. when we pass away. Verbally. They died because there was no contract. They went to court and fought over it. And I'm like, what a bunch of pieces of garbage, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then there was one kid who like never visited, never called the parents, didn't give a crap. All of a sudden, they come out of the woodworks. Uh, I own. I I deserve a full quarter of all that or yeah. whatever. That's why yeah. stuff like that happens. Yeah, but why is, do you think there's an in like this? I mean, eighteen percent increase in that is like a lot. That's a big percentage. You know, getting close to a quarter of all. That's a good it, question. I don't yeah, know. Let's speculate. Like what would what would all of a sudden promoted that? Well, Especially when we're with, go ahead. Doug. Perhaps it's the coronavirus. All the fear. People uh, are feeling like uh, maybe I'm, you know, mortal at this mm, point. That's a good point. Just yeah. more fear, right? More yeah, fear I think on so. Everything. And in my comment on wills, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but uh, a living trust is going to be a better option than a will. Right. Because uh, a will, I believe, actually goes through probate, probate as well, oh, which does. involves the state. And that's exactly what you don't want involved. Yeah. And usually you write that up after your trust anyway. Yeah. So, there, uh, so what's the point of even having a will then if you have a trust? Well, the the will will be part of the trust. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's all kind of incorporated. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it, great? How and they go through is? like, yeah, if you have kids, like who's going to take care of them, and you have to like, you know, delineate that. Uh, otherwise, yeah, the the state gets involved, and they have to like figure it out. So you have to like, yeah, you have to talk about all the morbid things and, and get that all yeah. covered. Uh, I'd say just stay close. You know, be good to your kids and have a good relationship with them so they don't have to deal with all this yeah. afterwards. You know I still I mean? don't think it would matter. I really don't. I, I mean, we've talked about this because Katrina's mom has has two houses and, you know, she's getting older, right? And they have four kids. And one of the houses, like she just finished the the backyard, like the house, this is the house where we all come to and like every holiday yeah. we, and she's built it in just, it just is great for holding and hosting everybody. She's even like, it did like a little memorial thing in the concrete in the back for, um, for Troy. And you know, the, the idea is that this house stays in the family oh, that I we see. don't sell it or whatever. But that you have, you know, uh, two of her siblings that are just not as established as the other two are, and 
So two of them would be like, yeah, it's not a big deal. They have their own houses. They have their own investments. Yeah. They make money. But then the other money. two might be like, I need the money. Yeah, but then the other two, I, I don't know where they'll be at in 10 or 20 years from now. And mm -hmm. like if they really, really need the money and, and some might move out of state. And then it's like, I, they, let's say they move to you know another state far away. It's like, why would I have this house just sitting there that I never come back and use and visit? And so even though they're all very tight and good, like that will create a interesting conversation like well that's yeah i mean that's what you have to all outline but actually the house that we bought they went that was sort of the the circumstance was there was like one or two people oh, the one in you guys the just family, got right now yeah. and oh. they all wanted to keep it in the family but the there was like one or two that voted no like we need you know we need the money or we need to sell and See? so then they all went through this and I think that's why it took extra long because they had to kind of like work all that out and then ended up putting it on the market. And then we ended up, uh, you know, taking the opportunity. Right. So, I mean, even if you have good, like you're in good standings with your siblings, I could see that. I mean, I could even, I could understand even if I, like, let's say I, I was the person who moved far away and we never used that house. It's like, well, what is the point of it staying there if I'll never go back there and ever use it? I'm getting no, and just because my siblings want to use it. And that's You're right. It, it could, it, you know, it reminds me of your like how many movie plots have been like this where there's like a like a, someone dies, they're rich, oh, yeah. but then they all have to go watch a video, and this person's like, if you're watching this video, I died, and I'll give you ten million dollars, but first, you know, and then it's like like some, every murder mystery, like, <laughs> it's always about somebody like you know cashing like on life insurance. Yeah, but that's yeah. how, that's how, I'll yeah. give you two million dollars. I want to get the estate but money, yeah, but you have to get your biology. You, you know, have to answer the. Biology. 17 personal questions yeah. about me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get you to the or second like, stage. It's like the old guy, like, what was it? Um, uh, what was her? Anna Nicole Smith or something like that, where you get like the the new, like, super hot, oh, like, young dude. wife of like the, the old She married that nine year old guy. Yeah. 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 And everybody in the family's just like, ah, oh. and then, like everything was like allotted to her dude, and not the family. Dude, that, that, happened, that happened in my family. So my dad, but my dad, my dad, uh, my stepdad, right, remarried and he remarried to a lady who I wanted to say is like and i don't want to get this wrong and insult her it's like 15 years maybe 20 years older than him like so and, that's a decent gap and and she, yeah right and he's older right so that she's definitely a, a, quite a bit older than he is and they she has like three kids and she's really wealthy like she's said and like they like hate him and like of he, course. Has, he hasn't done anything <laughs> you know what i'm saying he's like and, a real nice guy yeah you, you're, like, my, you've met my, you've met my stepdad dude he's yeah. like a super Give nice guy money. you know what i'm saying but they like just hate him like they, because he's here's this young guy who's marrying. I mean, it's just it's you don't see it as as it's not as common as the reverse of that. But oh, yeah. he's definitely being treated that way from her, her her kids because she's worth all this money, and here comes and my stepdad doesn't really bring a lot a trophy, to the table at all financially. Husband? So they look at it like, oh, who's this dude who's sliding in at this point in her life and who doesn't have anything really financially is now what can be entitled to oh, all her stuff. You know yeah. what, though? The bottom so. line is, it's like, it's that person's money. So yeah. it's up to them to decide. Well, that's her if they make bad decisions. That's, that's right. Her, that's her attitude. Fuck them. It's my, it's my money. You know what I'm saying? I could do. This I could give it all to them. Leads if I want to. into like I got pulled back into Tiger King just because. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is all that kind of like drama and like you know the, the white trash sort of uh, uh, like illegal zoo world or whatever. Mm. Um, like it was just uh, I was like I gave up on it because it was all just like a recap the first that's why episodes. I didn't even watch it you told me that yeah and so I guess like the, around the fourth or fifth episode I think there's only like five or six episodes uh, like it gets into like other stuff that like you're like oh my god it like took total like left turn uh, so there was so, more parties involved so like the, uh, so you know how Joe Exotic actually got into prison 
Do you remember? If you remember, like they did, he plotted against Carol Baskin yeah. to kill, right? Yeah. And basically, like the guy that there's like a recording he was working of him saying that, or right or from something. Vegas. You know, the the, yeah. the guy that came in to help yeah, him out yeah. as a benefactor. Yeah, Turns yeah. out he's a total slime ball, whatever. Like so, uh, I guess so. They basically like planted him with the idea, and then he like proposes it to like his other worker, and then like they they set him up with the FBI. So. It goes further, and they they have like recordings with the FBI. Basically, like this guy from um, from Vegas, like recorded the FBI conversation that he had, saying that he could get his employee to basically set up Joe to. Is that entrapment? Yes, yes. And so, anyway, they they all go through these affidavits, and they come back and like uh, acknowledge that. But then his employee, and I'm sorry for not you know remembering all their names, and this is confusing. Uh, but, uh, the, the employee that basically was like hated Joe the whole time and yeah. like was, was setting him up, uh, comes out and feels guilty about this whole thing. And is like, he's like, well, basically uh, and spoiler, like we, we were, we're setting Joe up. Like we were going to kill Joe Whoa. and like, here's how we were going to do it. And it was like exactly how they basically outlined how they wanted to kill Carol Baskin, but it was really originally Joe. And so he like he like announces this whole thing in in court and like so there's this whole like uh, retrial now or they're 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 gonna see if they're gonna let Joe off with a lesser sentence and then they just leave it at that and there's like there's a couple other they're plot setting twists. it up for part three dude. yeah dude and, and so now it's all about the, <laughs> they all deserve each other it's dude it's just like yeah it's it's, it's what do you remember what what's the time what's it's his, like Jerry Springer dude. what's his sentence do you remember how long his sentence was it was like for eight years or something something like that but wow. so he's he's served two. And then, um, so yeah, it's, I guess it was interesting enough to have like plot twists and there's more of them, but it's really, you know, just more Jerry Springer. More of the same, right? Like more of the same of these characters just behaving super badly. And this one guy was, oh my God. Oh, 22 years. He was, he was, uh, oh, 22. Oh, it was way off. Uh, What a weird, that whole thing was so weird to me how he was able to lure people in and then they'd stick around. Yeah. And like, because he had tigers, I guess, money and drugs. I guess Dude, that's that, all you need. The whole thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not that weird. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> I got tigers, people drugs, get lured, and money. People get lured in for a lot less. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that guy from Vegas I was just was here for the drugs. He got tigers, girls. too? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Him and his wife would like lure in, like, like they, they would, they called it like Code 69, and they would look for like a, code hot, a hot girl uh, that would come to the zoo, and then his wife would go approach her so and then pull her gross. back to pet the tigers, <laughs> and then they'd all do like a, a weird, like, like orgy, wow! Like, dude, what? Like, like, what world is this? I like. I liked my favorite were the were Joe's like boyfriends and husbands. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm not gay. I'm not even you know? gay, man. But I'm, but twenty dollars, twenty dollars. Hey, you know? really? What are you gonna do? Meth's a hell of a drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the real thing, right? Dude. There. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> wow. The ultimate bamboozle. What know? a commercial for meth, hey. though, huh? <laughs> Joe Exotic, he's a charismatic It's so dude. awesome. It'll that. make you do shit you don't even want to do. Yeah. I like it, you know? Serious. Wow. Yeah. Hey, thing. so I, this is a total terrible transition out of this, but I, I was reading this other article on, like, uh, like the top polluters in the world. You know what industry, pol- the second highest industry when it comes to polluting the earth is? Uh, now, is this, is this, by the way, are they not putting in the militaries of the world? Does that count? Is all of this, or is that is that are they uh, market industries? Yeah, market industries. Because okay. I know the militaries pollute by far. 
And what and what is the what goes what uh, what's umbrella underneath the military? Oh man, the, all the jets and planes and oh you know, yeah, and rockets yeah. and yeah, it's no, like, this was just like yeah. this is like uh, market industries. Oh, industries. I don't know there. which one. You want to take a guess? You guys have a guess? What, what would be one no, of the highest? No, I, mean, I, I saw the notes, so I know what the oh, answer. Oh, you did. Oh, I, didn't know you saw, <laughs> I didn't know you saw it. Yeah, but I had a, no idea. The fashion industry. What? Yeah. Okay. It's close. That. Just the amount of clothes that we we buy and then just throw away and like end up in the factories that yeah them, so or? there's this huge movement on and that it was popular even when we were kids like to to go to secondhand stores and mm. stuff so i was watching i was listening to that other podcast that i like right now this week in startups and he was interviewing one of these founders of this new company called wearloom and i thought it was actually really brilliant uh especially after i heard all these statistics i one i didn't know that they were like a top polluter and then there's obviously a movement for people to go green and, and reduce yeah. their carbon footprint and so secondhand stores uh, are becoming more and more popular again. And basically what their app does is aggregate all of the different ones into one single location. So if you're somebody who's looking for used Jordans, instead of you having to go to eBay and to the Goodwill and to all these different locations and places where you would like try- storefronts for those? Yeah. Like instead of going, no, no, there it's a, it's a centralized app. So it's basically, think about like uh, the Amazon- for secondhand uh, stuff, or for, like eBay or something like that. Yeah, well, the eBay's in there, right? So they get they they aggregate all of that, so you can just go to one place and shop for secondhand clothes. Oh wow! Uh, okay. And I just thought that was brilliant with yeah. the one knowing that I didn't know that it was like a top polluter like that, and then it was it, that secondhand stores is already a, a, like a popular thing. Like there's a lot of high, and it does high end too, right? So you can get mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that buy like Louis Vuitton purses, yeah. second and third time handed down you know you i could, see i can see that a lot like the, the whole shoe thing to me i'm just like unless you're like some weirdo with like a, a shoe sniffing fetish mm. like why would you buy somebody else's shoes did you, did you, uh. you realize you're talking adam's listening to us right now like, <laughs> well there's a lot of people that <laughs> adam's, adam's saying, a shoe dude, fanatic, like, yeah. <laughs> well there's a lot of people that would buy the shoes i'm wearing right now right so i could actually wear these for the next year or two and i could sell them season for, them a little bit i mean you might yeah exactly <laughs> you might get a guy just <laughs> well what adam, you yeah. i mean you uh, get you get less money for them the more worn they are, right? So you, the idea is depends we, on what article of clothing. We, yeah, <laughs> and, what kind of, <laughs> and what kind of people you're selling nice to. But typically, yeah. you want you want Justin's them. Just where they my mind for, goes. They can sell all. for millions. Yeah. yeah, no. Well, I mean, I've I've always thought the secondhand thing was always weird to me. Like I've never been a big secondhand guy, but there I remember when we were kids, that was a popular thing for people uh -huh. to to wear secondhand. Oh, I did clothes. that with hats the old time. Like it was just weird. We'd like if, when my friend would be done with his hat, we'd like switch hats, yeah, and then we'd trade. And it was like a trading thing. That's how you get likes. Right? I was just gonna say, you know, it's funny you say that because you're probably yeah. more likely to catch some yeah. shit that yeah. way than with fucking socks, shoes. Probably, you know? but, yeah, uh, definitely. Didn't, didn't smell as bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we share combs yeah. and toothbrushes yeah. and deodorant. <laughs> Sure, underwear. Yeah, you swap underwear. He'd use one side of the toilet paper. I'd use the other side. Oh, yeah. You know, we you like guys didn't. Okay. Oh. Nah, that's my really. uh, my new podcast. Um, people always ask what podcast listening to, uh, and that's we, the host from All In. Doesn't yes, it? that's how I went down the. That rabbit is hole. such. By the way, did you know that podcast in such a short period of time is now one of the top, top podcasts? Yeah, like the, he's been announcing the Not last couple shows. They, they do a really good. They're job. They're really good. They're really smart, and they're really entertaining. And you're looking at, like, you're going to get inside information on investments in very applicable ways yeah i haven't found anywhere else yeah no i love it so i the the host uh jason calcanis i think is how you say his name uh he is um also a host of another so before all in he had this week in startups so he was podcasting before the all in podcast 
and he's also got an investment fund. And what he does is he basically brings on the companies that he's investing in and his group is investing in. And he does these like short little interviews. So it's kind of cool. It's interesting to me right now because obviously we're getting into angel investing, but it's also interesting because I like to hear these cool pitches yeah. on new companies that are like starting up like that Cafe X one. Like you heard about that one, right? I, I did. I, yeah, I don't think I talked about it on the show, but I was telling you off air, like, it's the these robotic like coffee makers or coffee machines where basically it picks up your phone when it's your phone is ninety seconds away. So from as you're it. driving to it, it knows what your order is, gets it ready. You'll get your coffee uh, in way less time, and it's like two bucks, mm. and it's all automated. Well, like the two most high, the highest expenses for Starbucks is real estate and employees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the coffee and all that stuff is very the overhead on that's very very low. So that's not the, the their highest thing is. So if you can eliminate the the real estate piece and the person doing it, you could reduce the cup the cup of coffee to in half. Mm -hmm. So it's half the price for the cup of coffee faster as as good. Like I mean, you, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it just eliminates the like. Uh, that uh, like the cool part of like for your, sure you well well just like your technical order that you want everybody no, to that, hear. So Sal Sal brought up that well, that was his point, right? He goes, oh, I wonder if it'll you know his initial reaction to it was, I wonder if it if it will do that good because a lot of people go to the coffee shop for the experience. They pull their yeah. laptops out, and there's definitely. Right. That's a new thing in culture in the last decade or two, right? That's become popular to do that. But that is not- I mean, that the, part annoys me. I, well, I was actually saying that sarcastically. Uh, you know, like you're behind uh, somebody at Starbucks and they have like the two sugar pumps and then this. And then it's like, oh, oh, it's yeah. so neurotically- half, yeah, half foam, two, two and a oh, half Oh, I pumps. thought you were alluding to the the people that want to congregate in the place. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And actually, because that- Well, that, that is a big part of it too. Because you will lose that. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's such a small percentage of people that buy coffee every day. There's only so many people hanging out. Yeah, there's out a market there. for fat. Faster tastes good. Yeah, so it's sure. still got to be good. Yeah, yeah that, that market is eighty plus percent in yep. my opinion yep. because it, it, you know eighty percent of the people are not hanging out at Starbucks. Most of them are yeah. going down there. They're buying. We're already addicts. We just want convenience. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, speed. I want my drugs faster. <laughs> yeah. And they're saying like yeah, two dude. bucks. So cup the cups that would be four or five bucks. Talking about it being two dollars. So it being faster. And then imagine them being in like. Like if you're in a downtown area, like kind of where we're near, like they would be in, you know, almost every corner in somebody's office building or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just like how they have like Redbox or whatever for DVDs, you'd have these coffee machines that you would go into the. I into think there's a market for it. Oh, I think there's. I a, definitely think a there's a market massive for it. market. And that same robot can wash your dishes and then. Ah, oh, shit. shit, it's now happening. You get, now you're getting out of control. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till that happens. That's a huge. Oh. That's a huge step, though. You know what? He's they're gonna be like, uh, uh, you know, first robot does you know heart surgery, and he's like not doing dishes. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be Adam yeah. the whole time. Meanwhile, like China that. was taking people to space uh, that were just random people. Just so you guys know, China. Yeah, yeah. They just I did. believe everything China said. Yeah. I'm just gonna tell you right now. <laughs> everything yeah. they say. I don't think China said it. I think we reported on it, but that's happening. So I believe us just a little bit more that we say. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So I want to talk about something on the show now. I think it's uh, it's it's appropriate. So I'm getting a lot of comments from people uh, about whether or not I'm on TRT and, you know, because I'm looking different uh, these days. So I want to talk a little bit about my process and kind of what's happening. So I know Is you guys know. intervention? No, this, okay. So, so, and I want to tell, I want to tell the audience because um, I feel like it's uh, important. This is something that we're, that we've been talking about for a while. And it's yeah. also just, I just feel like it's, um, it's appropriate because of all the questions that I've been getting. So I don't know, about maybe 10 months ago or so there. Has it been that long? Maybe, maybe eight months. Yeah, I don't think it's been 10 months. Yeah, maybe less. Um, yeah. I don't know the exact. Six to eight, I would Maybe say. six to eight months. Yeah. Okay, so it feels like a while. 
uh, there were there's been we've been talking a lot to different hormone therapy clinics and stuff. And well, ever since I got into it, yes. Yeah. And the main reason was because of Adams, you know, because of what you did, right? You yeah. you were on anabolics for a while when you competed, went off, tried to get your normal your testosterone up to normal levels. You did that for like two years, and so we're like, this would be a good partnership. A lot of people ask questions about this. So anyway, there was this local clinic. It's not the one we're working with now, and I'll, I'll get, get into that. But they offered free blood testing to everybody. So I know at the time you were like, I'm going to go get tested. Hey, you know, Sal, we should go, you know, if you want it, it's free or whatever. And at the time, I thought, no, waste of time. I don't need to get my my hormones checked. My libido's fine. Well, especially since, what, less than a year ago, we had the at-home test and you were like through the roof. It would, no, it was more than that. It was like two years ago. Oh, but, was that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to get into that too because yeah. that's a little annoying. But anyway, I one of the number one I guess effects of low testosterone is libido drop. And if it's below a certain amount, they'll say it's almost like everybody will have this really poor libido and issues with that, right? And my libido was fine. So I thought, man, eh, it's kind of a waste of time, whatever. Anyway, I changed my mind. I'm like, all right, I'll go get tested. And I went and got tested with Adam and I got my results back. So this was, again, like eight months ago or so. And my levels, and this is 100% true, came back not just low, they came back lower than, and, and a, a general practitioner would have recommended that I take testosterone. So well, you were, lower, you were lower than me. I was lower than you were. Yeah. So, and you know, if you're watching and listening to this, you're Which probably- Which was mind-boggling for all of us here, yeah, knowing yeah. how, yeah, dialed you, you've been Well, so this is, so now, now, and I'm going to go into why I didn't talk about this uh, right out the gates, but first of all, it's very depressing for me because- I super, and anybody will tell you who knows me, super consistent with my training, my diet, my sleep, my supplements. It's a passion of mine. I'm maybe even neurotic about it. So everything's perfect and dialed in. My number came back at 260, which basically means if I increase my testosterone by 50%, which ain't going to happen because I was already doing everything, red light, I was doing everything, that it would still be low. So I remember I called Jessica and I was super depressed about it. And I'm like, this, this is bullshit. And then everything kind of started to make sense. I'm like, you know, for the last few years, I have not felt like myself at all. I've been feeling low drive. I've needed more sleep. My body does not respond. My gut health has gotten kind of worse, um, you know, on and off. Um, again, the libido part didn't make any sense to me. Well, my libido's okay, but then I compared it to how it used to be. And I just naturally have a very high libido. So I'm like, I guess it is kind of low compared to what it was before. So I talked to the doctor back and forth and... And the reason why I think mine came back low was in my 20s. This is back in the early 2000s. And I've talked about this on the show. There were, um, and they're outright steroids, but they were over the counter and they, they marketed them as pro-hormones. So they, they went under the brands like Superdrol, Methyl 1 Testosterone, Halidrol. And these are all active oral steroids that were, they, they, they weren't banned because the legislation at the time was written specifically for known and approved anabolic steroids and testosterone. So they were able to sell them over the counter. So I was buying them and I was taking them, you know, on and off. And I think that's probably what caused me once I hit 40 to really have this dip or, you know, like I said, the last few years have this, you know, low testosterone. So anyway, I thought, I said, okay, I'm going to try it. I don't want to tell anybody. I have, my family doesn't know. So this is one of the reasons why I haven't talked about it on the show. The only people that knew was Jessica, my close, close family. Didn't tell my, my parents don't know. You know, my kids don't know, didn't want to tell anybody. And I wanted to see, you know, what the difference was. And so 
we started working with uh, regenerative sport uh, and medicine. Uh, the doctors there are extremely knowledgeable. I was not impressed at all with the previous people. When I feel like I know more than the person who's prescribing me mm -hmm. medications, um, then I don't feel confident. I've had this with cannabis. We've had people- Yeah, I was going to say it's very similar to that experience. Yes. We had a person years uh, on the show a long time ago. Actually, we didn't even air the episode who was a cannabis expert. And Adam and I were both like, <laughs> we know more than you do. We can't yeah. air this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this, this, other, this other place I was not impressed with, neither was Adam. We talked to regenerative sport and medicine and they were, they're obviously, they know their shit. And I asked him, I said, why, why was my libido kind of normal? And he said, well, he goes, there's a lot of things affect libido, not just testosterone. He goes, but what about these things? He's like, are you, you know, do you gain body fat really easily? I'm like, yeah, I'm naturally ectomorph shredded. All of a sudden it's like store more body fat, more pain, uh, super tired. And I asked him about gut health and he said there could be an effect uh, with gut health as well, especially oh, with as low as I was. So I don't want to tell anybody. I wanted to go on and I wanted to wait. And to go from, and remember, keep in mind, before I talk about my experience with this, I want everybody to know I was dialed going into this. So it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't like shitty exercise, poor diet, whatever. I was, everything was dialed always, low testosterone. So then I got my testosterone up to the upper normal limits. And it, it's, I, to say it's life-changing is uh, an understatement for me. It yeah. was like my quality of life completely mm. changed. And the difference in physical difference for me is about, uh, I, and I tested this, it's about 13 to 14 pounds of lean body mass and about five, or, five to seven pounds of body fat. So I dropped... By doing the same stuff, training, yeah. eating, all that stuff. The only difference now is I'm eating more because my lean body mass has gone up. Uh, I 13 pound lean body mass, and I dropped about five to seven pounds of body fat. So, how long did it take for you to kind of feel that difference in the workouts? And then you know, probably pretty it, quick. It, yeah, in terms of your body responding. So, and I didn't know, and this is what made me really pissed off. What made me really upset was a, it was a, a kick to the groin because I I had everything set up. So to see my levels come back so low. And then to talk to the doctor and, the, and they told me literally your levels are, they're below 300, which is outside the range. And that means you'll have negative health effects as a result of it. So you, you'd have increased risk of heart disease and Alzheimer's, all that stuff. So you guys know, you know, that's a big deal for me. So I was like, shit. Okay. Um, and then the thing that, uh, you know, I forgot the direction I was going to go with that, but anyway, um, oh, here's what really pissed me off. We did those at home tests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple, I had a few. You were of them. hella high. One of them was really high. One yeah, of them one was of them normal. said you were like beyond I was high. Like super low on those. Yeah. yeah. Home yeah. Tests. So what the hell, right? Yeah. Like, why would it say that? And I'm wondering if it's user error. I'm doing it at home. How, you know, and that, and that, look, you talk to the hormone doctors, they'll tell you don't do, like those, like you have to do blood tests. Yeah. So I think yeah. that this is kind of proving. Well, the worst lines. part about that more than anything else was that because you were normal and high on both the testings that you did, that you just, it didn't even, you didn't, why I- I didn't know what the hell was going why on. Like, was, why do I feel why, so It tired? was useful to me because I was so low. It's what triggered, okay, I need to go get my blood work done now. Like this test is saying that I'm really low. So I could see where some people found value in things like that if it showed you were really low. But man, how shitty is that for somebody who gets tested as normal or high? And so then they don't go and further investigate what potentially could be wrong. Yeah, all them. the signs- if this is hindsight, all the signs were there minus the libido part. And that's the part that I kept fooling myself, but man, I, my energy, my drive, I just didn't feel like myself. I had to really tune everything in with supplement, everything perfect just to make myself kind of feel like, okay. 
So that that uh, you know that's very interesting. As far as how I felt, I I must be very sensitive to testosterone, or I just had been low for so long, because within the first, I'd say three or four weeks, the first thing I noticed was my libido went ridiculous. So it was like, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I. That's why you kept coming after me. Yeah, like, it was like well, Justin, you're looking good. Why? Well, I want to I want to add some stuff to this conversation. Um, one, uh, I think it's really funny that it's so taboo to talk about or it's a big deal. I mean, I've, I've been on the train of telling people what's up since the beginning. Yeah. I also yeah. was that way yeah. with marijuana well before anybody was. Yeah. Um, it's, and I, and I see it, it's a it's a good, uh, comparison because I see the same trajectory uh, happening with, uh, hormone therapy as I did with cannabis. And this is part of the reason why we partnered with them business wise. I think five, 10 years from now, it's going to be very, just as like we see people are talking about cannabis all the time. You see the clinics all over the place because it's not, it's not so taboo anymore. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see the same thing with hormone therapy as we get older, 40 and beyond to me. It's, and Joe Rogan's really good about this. He talks openly about yeah, his therapy and just, about it. and I was just listening to talk about it again about like, you know, he's like, of course I would. I'm in my forties yeah. and no, he's my, in his fifties now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When he started, I think he was in his forties, you know, and my, my levels are lower than me. And if I can take a, a, a therapy and have a doctor manage my blood work every every month to two months and check up and keep all my levels optimal and, and it's affordable for me, like why the fuck it's would I It's a quality of life thing and, and, um, and testosterone levels are dropping regardless. This is the thing. They're going, they're going down across the board. And there's a lot of things you could do to raise your levels, uh, but there's something else that's going on. This has been well documented. And then, you know, like my history in my 20s, I think definitely played a big role in, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finished telling sure. you what I want, why I want to interrupt here is because I'm talking about the business side of this and where, where we're going with this and why I really wanted us to partner with someone, because I do think that this is the future and you're going to see more and more people that are going to look for this. And I think it's important that instead of you going out and doing the mistake that I made, which is trying to become your own uh, doctor and giving it to yourself and buying on the black market to save a couple bucks and right, trying you know, to find the, the, the cheaper uh, sources out yeah, there. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, I, I that's yeah, that's why we want to. And one of the things, too, I love uh, the way we have structured this. So, some of the audience, we've only mentioned it once. Uh, the audience may not know this, but we have a private forum that is a mind, mind pump hormones. And both Dr. Todd and Dr. Ran come on there twice a month and do a live uh, Q&A. And we had the first one just a couple of weeks ago, and it was incredible. Dr. Ran was on there for like two hours. Dude, he went off. Oh, he must have answered 100 questions. The thread was going like crazy. Just tremendous value that you you show me where you can get this, all right? And this is a, a, something free that we are doing for our audience that you guys can join in there. And then you have, then you have Dr. Todd in there every day. So if you have questions that you write in there and he's interacting, yeah. just the value of that to educate people on, um, on potentially whether they need it or not for themselves and or, and what they're not doing is just telling people, oh, go take testosterone. It's like, let's look at all these potential markers. What are some of the things that we can do to do it naturally first? No, it's not about haphazardly putting, it doesn't work that way. No. It's all medical. It doesn't work that way. And I, I do want to address the whole like, you know, it's like this miracle thing that you're going to do and, and voila, you're going to get all these incredible effects or whatever. For me personally, I was dialed in with everything forever since I was a child. And the only difference was I went from just obviously for test from testosterone that was super low to now in the upper normal range. And so that was kind of the missing you know piece for me. But I'd always been consistent. What I don't want people to think is that they're going to go 
and it's going to solve all their problems. They're not going to need to work out. They're not going to need to eat right. That's not true. That's not the, that's not the case at all. It all makes a big difference. You got to do all that stuff. So you're not going to like do it in the Well, our, our message doesn't change. It's been the same one. Yeah. When, even when, like we work with supplement companies, it doesn't mean that we would recommend people take supplements over whole foods. You know, the, the, the all natural way is the, is going to be the better approach always. And that's why it was actually three years that I was off of testosterone because for three years, I tried to do it as best as I could myself. And so I wanted to let me exhaust every resource that I have naturally to see if I can bring this up to a healthy level. And it just got to a place where, and I was similar, I was in the 200s and the best I could get it up to was about 400 and something, which was better than what I was, but still didn't feel great. I still lo I had lost that motivation to c come and drive to go to the gym. I had noticed body fat. Yeah. I actually was affected libido-wise, so I noticed a huge difference in my libido. And after all that time of working on it, I just couldn't, I couldn't get it back up any higher than that. And I didn't feel good. And so it was like, okay, all right, well, I'm 40 years old. I don't, I don't have a problem with doing this now. And so I'm for that. And I, and I'm a hundred percent for educating other people on it because more often I, I didn't realize how much I, I would get DMS around this. When I started talking about the testosterone thing, yeah. I get so many messages yeah. and I don't feel comfortable telling people this is not mm -hmm. my expertise. Like, yeah, I have experience. You just tell them your own personal. Yeah. And, and then that's all, but that doesn't help people out that much either because it's so individualized. Well, so, so questions, cause it's been so uh, stigmatized and also like, there's just people that have, uh, you know, their own ideas of what, what that entails. And it's totally not, uh, you know, accurate information. It's not like easily accessible. Whereas now, you know, like the, the education piece is everything to be yeah. able to bring that clarity. So, you know, if it's a right option. For yeah. You well, not. that's the, the, that was even for me, the stigma. I mean, one of the, so even I felt, I felt crushed when I got my test results back and I talked to the doctors. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm doing everything. Yeah. I felt that stigma. Like, but I'm a fitness guy. I'm a health guy. Like, how could this be right. possible? And of course, and I mean, I guess it could make sense if you add all the other stuff up, but still, and yeah, you're right. It's stigmatized. Like if you're, if you're doing things and you're healthy and there are, if it's your thyroid, there's no stigma. Right. Oh, my mm -hmm. thyroid is low, and then you give you thyroid. Oh, right. I'm I'm much better. Insulin, Which obviously, is a hormone. By the way, yes, so you don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, insulin. There's no stigma. Right. Estrogen, progesterone, no stigma. Testosterone, because if you take ridiculous amounts of it, you have this performance enhancing drug. It's been stigmatized. Uh, hormone therapy is not that. By the way, they will not. They're not going to give you yeah. bodybuilder. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> they will take your levels and bring them up to the you know when you start to feel good, which is typically in the upper normal range or whatever. And it's different from person to person. And that's pretty much it. And I'll tell you what, uh, and I've told you guys this and uh, you know, this is the truth. The physical effects. Cool. That's great. It's fun. I don't care about that as much as I care about boy, do I feel different? Like I felt way more energy, way less irritable, um, tired. My drive came back. I felt like my old self again, which is kind of the best words, uh, that I can use to describe. So, and, and, be, and again, because we're always as transparent as possible to our audience, you know, and we've talked about this for a while and I told you guys, and so the audience knows, I told, you know, the guys, I don't want to say anything yet. I want to hold off. My family doesn't know yet. Let me wait. And I, you know, I don't know how I feel about it, whatever. And I'm private about certain things, but I want to be very transparent. So that's, you know, that's been my experience and that's kind of what's going on. Um, and, uh, if, if you're, doing things and you can't figure out what that was going on and you work with your doctor, like Western medicine is not the solution for everything, but for some things, it definitely makes a huge difference. So Doug, when is uh, the next, the next talk, mm -hmm. when is Dr. Todd talking on the forum? 
Yeah, that's uh, I believe Monday the twentieth. Oh, this Monday coming up. Uh huh. Five oh. p.m. Pacific. So yeah, so at five p.m. Pacific Standard Time inside the forum. You guys can ask Mind Pump forums. You can Mind Pump forum. You can join. Uh, and then it's also on replay, right? So we leave it up there. So if you can't, what's the make, name of the forum? Though? Is it Mind Pump Hormones? Hormones, I believe. No, Mind Pump Hormones. It's Mind Pump Hormones. Mind Pump it's Pump. a Facebook group. Yeah. So you just go to the Facebook request access, okay. and we'll let you. And in. now, now yeah. the the previous Q and A that Doctor Rand did is still there. You can watch the replay, the whole thing. Yeah. So all two hours of it. Yes. You can watch it. Yeah, so yeah. and it, look, if, look, here's the, I get so many DMs. It's hard to answer them all. But if you have any questions, you know, you want to ask me my my personal you know, experience or whatever, you can DM me. I'll try to get to them. But, uh, but that's it. And so the audience knows too, like we, this is how we, those that have been around for a very long time, this is how we started our original forum. So I don't know how long it'll stay, um, free. We'll do it for free as long as we can. But obviously the bigger it gets, the more things that we add, the more services we have to pay other people to manage it, take care of it. So eventually it may get to a place where we have to charge for access to it because we're paying others to manage it and run it. But for now, it's you got free access to it, so I would take advantage of it. If you're listening right now and you're not in there, you should be in there. Hey, real quick, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Look, go check out one of our uh, partners, Pathwater. So they make water that comes in these aluminum can bottles that are fully recyclable. But here's the best part: I can, when I'm done with it, I can reuse this bottle as many times as I want. And the water costs about the same as their competitors. So way better for the environment, better for you. They're reusable. We love them. That's why we're working with them. Go check them out. Get a discount. So head over to drinkpath.com. Use the code MINDPUMP and get 10% off your purchase. All right. Here comes the rest of the show. Our first caller is Andrew from New York. Hey, what's up, Andrew? How can we help you? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call today. You got it, man. Yeah. I got My question for you is regarding intensity. Uh, before I ask, I'll give you a little background. So I've been lifting consistently for about 20 years, but also did quite a bit of running over those years. For the past three years, I've stopped running altogether to focus on building muscle. And since focusing on building muscle, I've been running, you know, a number of different programs. And what I'm finding is I'll start each program with moderate intensity in week one, and then I'll be increasing intensity throughout the program. And by around week four, I feel like I'm making good progress but start to feel some pain in my joints and the pain isn't so bad that I couldn't continue with the program. But what I usually do is just hop to the next program to be safe. Uh, but what I'm feeling is I'm, I could be uh, building some more muscle if I continued beyond week four of the program. At the time I submitted the question, I was on week four of a modified five by five type program, making some really good progress. And again, starting to feel some pain in my shoulders and hips. My question for you guys is, is it normal to start feeling a, a little bit of moderate pain as you progress throughout a program and build intensity? Or uh, if not, I'd be interested in your recommendation on how to fix this problem. It's yeah. a good, good question. Yeah. Um, so I would use Icy Hot and Ben Gay. Stupid. Rub it all over. <laughs> it's stupid. No, you know, here's We're the deal. This is, the, this is actually- Very the, common. This Well, this is the one- um, I love five-by-five five routines, right? Uh, and, and obviously, that looks very similar to our first phase of MAPS Anabolic, but there's a reason why we phase you out of that after mm -hmm. uh, four weeks. So- um, that's what, that's the, the flaw I think in running a five by five type of routine consistently. Cause some people will make the case. It's a great routine just to continue on and you build a lot of muscle, a lot of strength. 
Uh, but this is exactly what I would see happen with clients is if I kept them in this five by five type of a phase uh, for longer than about four or five weeks, this is the most common feedback that I would yeah. get from my clients is they would start to feel you know, some achiness in their knees and their elbows and sometimes their hips. And uh, we would phase them into another. And this is part of why um, we write the, the the MAPS programs like this, where we don't keep you in that phase much longer than three to four yeah. weeks. Andrew, Andrew, one of the one of the reasons why this happens isn't necessarily because a, a five by five program isn't effective or somehow flawed in terms of you know building muscle and strength. It's really effective at building muscle and strength. But here's what happens, right? You do the same movements over and over again, so you're limited on your movements. Now, here's the plus side of that. The skill of strength uh, improves tremendously, right? Yeah. So you're doing a lot of squatting, a lot of deadlift, a lot of pre you know pressing. Mm -hmm. You're practicing them often, and you're going to get really strong at them. And because you get really strong at them, you build a lot of muscle. But then the, the, weak, the weak links start to show themselves a little bit. And mm -hmm. you need to strengthen and work on the supporting structures in order to support this newfound strength and muscle. And so if you're technique is off. Let's say your technique is off by such a small degree that even a relatively experienced trainer won't necessarily see any issues with your form, even though it looks okay because it's off just a little bit and you're adding you know, 10 pounds, 15 pounds of lift, and you're doing the same motion repetitively, it starts to add up and you start to feel the, the pain in the joints and uh, you know the areas where the stability may be lacking a little bit. So this is one reason why mobility work is so important. Now, I will caution you, don't do mobility work and then stop just because you feel better. When you're feeling the pain, that's already, now you're kind of a little too late. Now you're a little bit behind uh, the eight ball and you have to lay off on the intensity, scale down the volume, deload weak, do mobility. Now I feel better. Now I can mm -hmm. jump back on. It's got to be a part of your regular routine. Otherwise, you're going to keep doing this, you know, two steps forward, two steps back you know, types of uh, a situation. So you got, and I know mobility, you know, when we do mobility work and correctional work, we're like, oh, I'm not adding a lot of weight to the bar. I don't seem to be building a lot of muscle. But if you really do, if you really look at it long-term, you end up with more strength and more muscle because you don't run into these problems that you're, you're running into. So if you're doing, let's say, a four-day-a-week, five-by-five type of routine, I would do concentrated mobility work at least twice a week, and then on the other days, priming before your workouts, proper priming. Yeah, that was the direction I was going to go as well. However, I was going to ask you too, like if you were to kind of transition to a different program, what that looked like. Because um, one thing too that I would consider is just moving in different planes and directions. So that's that's really what you're trying to accomplish while doing these mobility moves is still reinforcing, um, you know that. Uh, basically being able to to keep everything stable uh, around the joints and, and those uh, secondary muscles to get strengthened up, uh, to be able to contribute and, and maintain the joints positioning uh, as you're increasing the amount of force production. Because as you're going through five by five, as you realize, you get a lot stronger and you get a lot stronger in that direction. But now any little uh, you know, micro angle that pulls you out, uh, whether it's rotationally or whether it's side to side, uh, you know, your, your body's going to compensate and overcompensate. And then, you know, this is where a lot of injuries result. You guys got to remember that we have this rapidly growing audience, especially on the YouTube channel of a flux of new people that are listening every single day. And this is a perfect opportunity 
to talk about why we wrote the programs uh, mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. we did and in the order that we did. Like a, a common question is, you know, why not uh, maps anabolic forever, or why not why not maps aesthetic right after maps anabolic? Like we wrote them in this order for a reason, for this exact reason right here. So you have somebody who is running a five by five type routine, which is very similar to like a maps anabolic type of philosophy, right? The big lifts, you're mostly in the sagittal plane, right. incredible foundational program to build muscle and strength and your metabolism. That's why anabolic is the first one. But when we talked about what the second program would be, this is the reason why is because yes, the, that program is incredible for doing all those things. But then the limiting factor is exactly what we're addressing right now, totally. which that is yeah. why maps performance is what we thought was the most ideal follow-up program to maps. Yeah, otherwise you're just going to keep hitting walls. Yeah. Right. And what, one more thing, Andrew, is that muscles get stronger faster than ligaments and tendons and connective tissue do. Okay. So if you add 30 pounds to a lift, the connective tissue and the ligaments and all the supporting structures don't get as don't gain that same strength at the same speed or time. It takes a little bit longer uh, to build that type of strength. So, if you're seeing these rapid strength gains and you're not focusing on you know good technique, form, mobility, lateral movement, stability, and allowing these connective tissues to kind of catch up a little bit you'll start to run into a lot of these problems. I love strength with my workouts. I absolutely love it. I run into the exact same problem you're talking about. Every single, I would run into this yep. often where, okay, here we go. Squats, I'm getting near my all-time best. Now I'm starting to feel my hip. Or, wow, my deadlift's doing real quick. Oh, there goes my SI joint. I'm starting to feel it again. And so unless you want to keep doing this back and forth type of thing, you got to make mobility and you know a priority and you got to train in other planes. So, I would recommend, Andrew, and I don't know what you're doing now, but if you don't have MAPS performance, that yeah, would be the program the I would move. do, 100%. And, and you're not going to lose gains, by the way. You're going to get more gains because now you're reinforcing a lot of those weak areas. Doug, that, give the man the program. Does that make yeah. sense, Andrew? Do you have MAPS performance? I do. I, I picked up the RGB bundle, um, and I, I did run Good performance man. earlier this year. I loved it. Um, is that something I should come back to yep. every yes. now and again? Yes. I, I would do it after every two or three month like heavy strength muscle building yeah. cycle. And then come right back to your yeah, your strength cycle. Well, I mean, if heavy. if he's got the RGB, then what's beautiful is I would I would run it in that order. So yep. it was designed to go red, green, black. So go red, and, green, black just over and over again. Yeah, keep running over. And if you still and if you if you're getting tremendous value from performance in the mobility days, this is where we all, this is also why we have the show and why we have the forum is to help people modify. So if this is like a consistent problem with you, there is nothing that says you can't, when you get into anabolic or aesthetic, takes take things from the mobility days and build those into the program. Yeah, so, swap out the, yep. the trigger sessions or the focus session for mobility days. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And that that a lot of times that's what clients will find is they got so much value from performance in the mobility days that they're like, Adam, is there anything wrong with me putting that in my trigger days or my focus days on those other programs? I say, absolutely not. That's why we teach it this way so people can modify it for their lifestyle. So I would recommend that you you build those mobility days into the other programs, even though we didn't do it for you. Yeah. Now, Andrew, you said your number one goal is to build right now. Are you at, at all interested in cutting at any point? I've actually never gone on a cut. I consider myself a hard gainer. So I'm you know always trying to be in a, a surplus. Um, you know, I would like to continue to build at this point. Okay. And here's why I asked that. Okay. I was guessing that that's what you were going to say. So and there's a psychological piece here that we need to talk about, right? So I'm like you, I'm, you know, I'm hard gainer my whole life. And 
I, if I could, I would probably want to be in a bulk ish most of the time, just psychologically speaking. But I think that there's real value in going in a very, very mild cut when you're training in a program that is more like MAPS performance or something mobility focused, not necessarily because the mild cut or maybe even maintenance is great for those goals, but rather when I know that my calories are slightly low, I'm less concerned about the fact that I'm not lifting as much on the bar. Does that make sense? That definitely makes sense. Not only that, but also if you're getting these signals from your body that are telling you that you're achy like this, one of the one of the quick ways that actually a lot of times will help clients is just putting them in a calorie deficit for a week or two because inflammation goes yeah, down. inflammation will go down right away, right? If you're in a surplus all the time and you're lifting heavy all the time, that's very very common and just simply actually aside from programming, let's say we stayed in the same program. A lot of times I'll take a client who's maybe loving the program and the results from it and say, Hey, let's actually just do a little mini cut for a week or two. Let's drop your calories below maintenance and follow, keep following the program. Who cares if the weight goes down strength wise a little bit, I'm not worried about that, but talk to me about how your aches and pains feel. And sometimes that alone will actually start to eliminate the pain. Yeah. And, and, and when you go back to your bulk, you'll, you'll be really responsive. In fact, here's, I'm going to be more specific. When you do mass performance, I want you to eat at maintenance or slightly below maintenance or slightly above maintenance. Kind of hover around there. Get out of the bulk and go maintenance slightly below, and then every once in a while go slightly above. That way you're out of your head. You're not worrying about the weight too much. Inflammation is going to come down. When you're done with MAPS performance, everything feels good. The lateral movement feels good. Rotational movement feels good. Mobility move, you know, feels good. Then you go into like MAPS aesthetic, throw the bulk on. Watch how great your body responds. That sounds like a, a good plan. Uh, do you mind if I have one follow-up question? Yeah, sure. So I actually did decide to con continue on with the five by five after I submitted the question and uh, strained my pec pretty bad. Um, mm. So I'll be rehabbing for the next few weeks. Uh, once I get back into uh, lifting, would you have any recommendations for how I might modify performance with a uh, you know the strength in my my chest again? I'm sure I'll have some weakness there. Yeah, I would just listen to your body. So don't, follow the program work. and go much lighter with the exercises yeah. that you need to, and just focus on range of motion and just listen to your body. That's that 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 would be the best advice that I could give you. You said it's a strain, right? Not not like a tear. Yeah, not torn from the tendon, yeah. just a strain. Yeah. And I tell you, look, look, what we're saying is obviously true, right? If you don't really incorporate, you know, different planes of mo movement and mobility, you're going to make gains and you're going to lose gains because of what just happened. You're going to keep doing this back and forth. And that sucks. It's a pain in the ass. Like, it's much better. It's almost like the, you know, the tortoise versus the hare fable, right? The the tortoise wins the race because they're, they're consistent and the, the, the hair loses because they, they go real fast and they stop and kind of lose their I might perspective. Pull, I might pull some of the barbell stuff out and replace yeah. it with dumbbells. dumbbells. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, pull the, bar, the, pull the barbell pressing stuff out and, and just replace it with uh, that's a good idea. dumbbells. That'll, be, that'll help you out. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate the advice there. No problem, man. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Yep, thank you, guys. Thanks. Yeah, that's a uh, boy. That's a real comment. This, I mean, that's me. Like, well, this is why I wanted yeah. I wanted you guys to address. Like, you got to remember that, right? There's right now. There's probably ten thousand people that have never heard us talk about our sure. programs right. or whatever yeah. like that. And we then, have no interest in getting somebody great results in a short period of time and then forgetting about them. Right. Our interest is great results all the time. Right. We want lifelong. Keep thinking ahead. Yes. Like I, I don't like it's okay. Great. Well, you got is, great results in two months and then you hurt yourself. Like that's not what I'm looking for. I want people to feel good 
and move through different planes and continue to progress mm-hmm. forever and really with minimal plateaus or injuries or none would be ideal. Well, you have to know too, like performance is one of our programs that is uh, grossly underrated because if you're somebody who's focused on mainly strength and the way you look, you tend to go like, ah, I like anabolic or aesthetic or these other yeah. things, and you and you skip that program. Mm-hmm. But there is a there is a very specific reason why we made it the second program mm-hmm. is because exactly this is because there is there's a, a large portion of our clientele that would be pursuing these goals and they would neglect that yes. type of programming. And we know that's what's what should be inserted right there for a yep. majority of that's people. What I was say. It highlights, you know, the, what's neglected in your current program. And most people that are in the gym, like just won't, uh, you know, come up with a lot of these type of movements in their routine because it really goes outside of that uh, perspective. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. If I had to pick, and this is not true, this is uh, you know, general, right. But if I had to pick, one maps program. You got to run over that and would, over. That would benefit yeah. the majority of the people watching and listening, regardless of their goal, cutting, bulking, looking good. Uh, and I'm talking long term, it'd be maps performance. Yeah. And if you had to stay in one forever, that's it. If you had to stay in one of our programs forever, you are probably the safest running that one the longest. With the most consistent long term. Yes. Yes, totally. Our next caller is Zeynab from Germany. Zeynab, how can we help you? Hi, guys. How are you all doing? Good. We're great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Um, First of all, thank you so much for this amazing podcast. Listening to you guys is literally the highlight of my day. So thank you so much for having me today. Um, To give you some context, I'm 21 and I just got back to weightlifting three months ago. And I've been consistently following a PPL split because I'm still excited to go back to training and hitting the gym five or six times a week. And I made significant progress in just three months when it comes to muscle gain. Um, Maybe, I don't know, because I have genetic potential or muscle memory from previous training, but lately I haven't been able to progress with my squats. So I increased the weights for my accessory movements, but my squats are stalled. Um, The only explanations that that I could come up with is that my upper body is not as developed and strong as it should be to handle the weight anymore for my squats. So my question is, how do you deal with stalls on compound movements when accessory movements are progressing? Or uh, also, like, do you guys have any advice on correcting strength and balances between the upper and lower body? Can I ask you where your nutrition is right now and where it's been? (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm currently eating intuitively. Um, I have celiac disease and I have so many um, allergies, so my diet is pretty restricted. Um, my my protein is high. Um, my carbs are a bit low because I don't tolerate um, grains and stuff, so I don't have that in my diet. Um, yeah, so it's pretty much just whole foods and um, like meats. Um, organ meats and um, some vegetables that I can tolerate, some fruits. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, just for the gut stuff, have you gotten tested for SIBO, by the way? Uh, no. Okay. No. I would recommend that you you find yourself a, a good gastro um, doctor and, and ask them for a SIBO test, so that small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's common with people who have kind of intolerances to grains, it's very treatable and it can make a huge difference. I'm somebody that has done this and it makes a big difference for me. But let's talk about the the question, right? You're talking about squats. There could be so many reasons why your squats 
are not progressing. So I'm going to ask you a few more questions, just get a little bit more information. Um, what are the rep ranges that you're training in? How often are you squatting? Um, and are you, what other auxiliary lower body movements are you doing? So, um, my rep ranges are between six to eight, um, five sets, five working sets. Um, yeah, I think I'm like, I'm trying to focus on my form. So like, I don't want to compromise the form. So once like, I, I feel like, um, it's like, I don't have a good form. I just like uh, stop immediately. And, um, I'm squatting twice, twice a week and with some variations, uh, squat variations on the third day sometimes. Are you doing split stance exercises like, uh, yeah. lunges and Bulgarian? Uh, what about hip yeah. thrusts? Yeah, I have thrust. Okay, so it could be that you might need to change your program. Yeah, how long have you been running that? Yeah. Six, to, six to eight reps, how long? Uh, three months Oh, now. yeah, there, I, there I would, you go. I would change that. I would definitely change that, that rep range. You might need to go through a few weeks of a higher, yeah, rep, yeah, range. higher rep range. I would love to see her do anabolic and start in phase three. Yeah, that could be, that could be really good. Um, have you followed any of the MAPS programs? No. Okay, we'll send you MAPS Anabolic, um, and you might want to start in phase three and then go backwards, phase three, two, and one. Do the three foundational workouts a week, and then and then do the trigger sessions on the off days. But it's you know it's it's typical that your body will t will stall in a lift after about you know eight to twelve weeks is is usually when you'll start to see if plateaus are going to happen. <clears throat> they'll start to happen around there. Changing the rep ranges is a really easy way to get things moving again. Like if we got you to focus on 15 to 20 reps, you're going to have to go way lighter. It's going to be really exhausting. But after about four weeks of doing that, you're going to feel like you're getting good stamina and strength. Then you can go back to the lower rep ranges. And then within a couple weeks, you, you'll probably start to see the weight move back up. Now, as you stalled, did you notice any real sticking points in the lift that were obvious or is this more just you know you you got fatigued during your sets i just get so fatigued yeah okay yeah so that, so that advice would apply yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go even further like i would i would love to see you run maps anabolic which will send that over to you in the order sal said so start in phase three go to two then go to one then i would love to see you follow that up with maps performance run it in the orders design and then follow that up with maps power lift if we're talking about getting yourself a badass squat, I'm hearing I'm hearing what you're telling me right now where you're kind of stuck in a plateau and how you've been training. That order of programs, uh, watch where your squat is at in three yeah. months. And she's a, she's a college student. Why don't we give her all three of those? So that's MAPS Anabolic, Performance, and Power Lift. You're going to be set, actually. So the advice we're oh, giving yeah. you, you don't even have to remember it. Just follow the programs the way that we're explaining, and you should see – your body really start to progress um, pretty consistently. Yeah. Right out the gates, we're going to switch you to a, a total different rep range by going to anabolic phase three, first two, and then one. So that'll be good for you right away. And then we'll address some mobility, unilateral work, and performance, which is going to – and you, so initially, maybe you won't see the squat go way up right then. You may, but you may just hover around just taking care of the body like you need to. And then when you go into MAPS power lift, you'll start that, to break some then PRs. you're going to start to hit yeah. PRs. Yeah. You'll, you're, you're, just make sure you keep us informed when you hit that you know 400-pound squat. That's right. <laughs> what are you squatting, what are you squatting right so. now, by the way? <laughs> Fingers crossed for that. Thank you so much, guys. No problem. Zinni, Zinni, real quick, what are you squatting right now? Just to, just for out of curiosity. Uh, 50 kilograms. Okay, so like that, 120 pounds. Yeah. That's right. excellent. How much do you weigh? Uh, around 145. 
That's really good for time. yeah. That's really good yeah. for six to eight reps. So ratio. yeah, Especially I, I think we'll be able. Form. I think we'll be able to get your squat uh, 30, 30, 40 pounds higher uh, within that period of time. So let's see what happens. I hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. excellent. All right, cool. Let us know what happens. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Have thank, a great day. You too. All right. Thank you. Sim- I love the international callers. Yeah. Great, hey, right? similar to the kind of the last caller, you know, is stuck in that, you know, five by five or low rep range for an extended period of time. You know, when you're, when you're so hung up on, on being strong, this is the, this, I think this is the Achilles heel to chasing strength. We always talk about how, totally. why you should do 100%. that. Yeah. And it is good for people that have body image issues and stuff like that. But this is the Achilles heel to chasing strength is you get so hung up on adding weight to the bar and it gets exciting when you do that, right? You keep getting stronger mm-hmm. and stronger that you stick in that routine too long. And then the last thing you want to do is go like, oh, I've been crushing five by five. Oh, and now I got to do 15 reps and I got to cut my weight. Yeah, my by- weight's down by 50%. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is, by the way, this is the Achilles heel of any program that works. Mm-hmm. You do something that works really well for three months you are stubborn to move out of it. Oh, yeah. You don't want to leave. No. Because it's working. You yeah. know? And then when it doesn't work, it's panic. Yeah. So, yeah, you just got to stay ahead yeah, of it. Yeah, I, I used to stay in a plateau for like four weeks before I'd finally get it through oh, my I thick would, skull. That I was would be time lo- to move. I would yeah, be dude. longer than that. It would be longer than that. I would stay in the same program and training modality way too long. Really? I think, yeah, and that's why I think we're so adamant about talking to that yeah. because I think, you know, here we are trainers. We have the knowledge, the information, yet – even we're guilty of doing this. So you know most people are. You get you get a little bit of momentum and seeing results. You like it. You enjoy it. And then you just stay in that 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 phase, that routine just way too long. Yep. All right. Our next caller is Elliot from California. Elliot, what's up, man? How can we help you? Um, well, I've got a question about testosterone levels. It's uh, kind of a lengthy one. So if I start rambling, feel free to cut me off. But I recently got lab work done and my test levels came back at 320 nanograms per deciliter. For reference, I'm 25. I train regularly. I eat fairly clean and I get about seven and a half to eight and a half hours of sleep. My general practitioner says I should focus less on the numbers, more on the symptoms. Uh, this is difficult me for me though, because that's more qualitative than quantitative. Uh, that being said, couple symptoms are lower libido than years of recent past. Body fat and strength are both going up gradually. To me, this is kind of a paradox. Um, I get incredibly tired early in the day. Usually I'm asleep by 8.30. Um, but again, it's hard for me to tell if these are true symptoms, though, due to not having an accurate way to measure over time. And then on the quantitative side of things, I've looked at a few studies, but not many stratified data by age, which kind of sucks. I found one study that took a convenient sample of 10,000 men. And from that, I fall around in the bottom decile. Uh, being someone who likes to optimize things as much as I do, hearing that I'm in that bottom decile at this age sucks. If you were in my shoes, is there anything you would do to get your test levels up? Or do you think being on the lower end of normal is adequate? And yeah. uh, thanks again. Yeah, what, no, that's a, a good question. What Real, a nice way to present that question. Yeah, yeah, thank you for all that information. First off, I, I do want to be clear. None of us are uh, hormone experts or doctors. Right. Okay, So we're going to talk from the fitness and health. Oh, I am. Side. I'm just hormonal <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Um, I, so things that can typically affect testosterone, not enough uh, fat consumption, calories too low, lack of sleep, stress. There can be environmental factors. Testosterone levels have been declining generally in men for a while now. I mean, I, I tested very low about six months ago uh, myself, but I'm not 25. So so I, again, speaking just from my experience at your age, first off, what I would do if you're looking for advice on hormones is I would go to a specialist, right? So your general practitioner has very minimal knowledge when it comes to 
hormones, especially testosterone. Testosterone's been demonized for so long that doctors are just, they, they tend to stay away from that it. That being and, said, though, his GP gave, I think, pretty good advice to him, which is don't focus so much on the number and focus on the symptoms, symptoms yeah. which is the same thing that Dr. Rand would say to him, too. They do, but here's the thing. 320 is, you're right above what's considered the bottom part of the range. Right, so he may right. not, the GP may not recommend testosterone therapy because of yeah. that. But, but also because of your age. So there may be other things you can do to jumpstart your testosterone, both uh, behaviorally uh, and maybe, you know, medicinally. There may be things mm. that you can use to kind of jumpstart them. I, if I were you, I would, and, and I wish I did this earlier, I would go and speak to a expert in this particular space. Uh, we work with regenerative sport and medicine. They're really good. I think the website is mphormones.com. So you can go on there, set up an appointment and, and talk to them and see what's going on. Elliot, are you in our forum yet? I'm not in the forum okay. now. It's free, at least for now it's free. Uh, and it's unbelievably valuable. In fact, uh, Dr. Ran spoke for the first time. So what we set up with them, this is what this is for our audience. Because this is becoming such a popular question, uh, we set up a, a, a free private forum for people that have questions around hormones twice a month. Dr. Rand or Dr. Todd get on there and do live Q&As. We keep them recorded on there so you could actually go on there right now and watch the last one. He went for two hours answering questions and okay. very, very detailed. And the more information you can provide him, like you, like that question was so good. If you gave him those, like that exact question, he would be able to give even better advice uh, than what we could give you. And I, I'm with Sal. I recommend that you go talk to somebody like that who is mm -hmm. an expert in that field and can answer all your questions and potential concerns. So go take advantage of that. And if you guys are listening to the podcast right now and you have similar questions around this, this is why we created this forum is so you guys could get this free information. Yeah, and, and, and there's, it's much more complicated too than, and this is what I've just learned in the last you know few months, it's more complicated than just the total testosterone. You, you, free testosterone is more important. And then there's androgen receptor density. Like some, you know, you could have one guy with a, a number of testosterone that's lower than another guy, but he feels so much better because he has more androgen receptors uh, that are available for that testosterone. So that's why they say focus on the symptoms. Let's talk about the stuff that, that we now can advise you on. Okay. So let's talk about your workouts for a second. Let's start there. What do your workouts look like? How many days a week are you lifting? How many days a week are you doing cardio? What does that look like? Right. So lifting four to six days a week and a modified push-pull legs routine uh, and cardio. I know you guys are going to yell at me for this one, but uh, only a couple times a month. And that'd just be uh, either Stairmaster or walking at an incline for about 30 minutes. You said a couple times a month? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not a lot. That's fine. I don't care about that. So, okay. So let's have you lift full body three days a week. Let's, let's go there. Okay. That's yeah. Give him anabolic. Yeah. I'm going to give you maps anabolic, follow that program that three day a week, two to three day a week, full body workout in my experience with the clients that I have worked on who have monitored their hormone levels typically is the most effective at getting testosterone levels to move up. Now here's some good news. In my experience, I've worked with clients who've come had low testosterone or lowish testosterone and through lifestyle, we've been able to get it to improve by a good 30 to 50%. So that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, that's from, huge. From where you're at now. So so those are, that's something you could do. And then you could also try, you know, things that are a little bit more fringe, like red light therapy. There's yeah. definitely science that supports that. It, if you're not getting enough sunlight, especially, that's yeah. something to consider. You could get, I don't know if you got your vitamin D levels tested. If that's low, then your testosterone. I'm taking D3 and zinc okay. to try to supplement that as is. Okay, good. 
supplementally uh, herbs that can help. Ashwagandha has been shown to raise testosterone in men with low testosterone. It's a bit temporary though. It's not this like long-term permanent effect, but for workouts, I would start there. I would go away from the four, six days a week, go three days a week, full body, that uh, at the very least, even if your testosterone levels don't you know, go up, it'll work better with what you're working with. So you'll see probably okay. better gains anyway. And then talk to a hormone expert. It's like, you know, if I had, um, you know, really, really, if I needed knee surgery, I wouldn't go to my general practitioner for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would go to a, a specific surgeon that focuses on the knees. So don't rely on your general practitioner when it comes to hormone advice. Again, especially testosterone. So yeah. demonized. They're so afraid of even learning about how to utilize testosterone with people that need it, that the information you're going to get is going to be, is not going to be very but good. But in terms of our wheelhouse, if you're checking all the boxes of, you know, lifting weights and getting adequate rest, getting adequate sleep, you're getting sunlight, your nutrition's dialed in, you know, those are the things that you can manage and see, you know, where that leads you. You're still struggling. Definitely go seek, you know, uh, a specialist at that point. Yeah. But we're going to give you maps anabolic for free and Elliot. get in that forum, Elliot. What we'll do. Appreciate that, guys. One final question on apart from the three days of lifting, um, is there cardio uh, strategy that you would recommend most or program? I mean, if you're looking for lots of endurance and stamina, yeah, you probably want to do it a few days a week. If that's not really that important for you, I would just monitor your just daily activity. Yeah. Well, so, how active are you at work? Uh, sedentary, sit in front of four screens okay. all day. Okay, if you, so if you, this probably helps. Yeah, if you went on a walk for 15 minutes after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you that would be enough. That would be good enough. Okay, okay. Good to know. Thanks Thanks for all the input. No problem, man. Thanks all for right. calling. All right, take care. You know, I I, I don't want to get on, on a soapbox here, but uh, it is- Which you're going to. Yeah, I am anyway. <laughs> Just getting grants. Yeah, did you see so, how you did that right I there? I know. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. Hold. The This hormone issue in men is starting to get to a really interesting place. Bro, it blew me oh, away. Yeah. It blew me away when I first started talking about on the show the amount of DMs that I was getting from 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And it, these weren't just kids that are like looking to take steroids. These are kids are that, that went and got their blood work done, was concerned about how low they are. And I, 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 I did not see this when we were in gyms. When we were training in gyms, it was this was not a common question. Mm -hmm. This has become one of the number one questions I'm having with people in my DMs right now. And I would have never seen that coming. This is this is not. This is not our our opinion, by the way. This is well mm -hmm. documented. This is we've documented this now since the nineteen I think seventies this gradual and consistent decline. So it's much more common. So what does this mean for you? It's accelerated. What too. does this mean for you if you're watching or listening? If you have symptoms of low testosterone out of nowhere and it's not going away and you're doing all the good, the right stuff, then you might want to talk to a specialist and at least get tested and see what's going on. Now, here's the other side of that. If you're listening and you feel great and you have no symptoms, I think it's still a good idea to get tested so you have a baseline. Because let's say you're feeling good, everything's great, you get tested, your test comes back, it's, you know, let's say 700 nanograms per deciliter, and you're like, okay, awesome. And then let's say 10 years later, you feel like total garbage, can't figure it out, you go get tested, it comes back at 350, 
you know, oh, that's really low for me. Uh, I, you know, I tested before at 700. So it's a good, I, I wish I got those baselines when I was in my I 20s. told you that Katrina, uh, uh, Katrina's mom made all of her kids do that. I thought it was like one of the smartest so things. So smart. Yeah, yeah, she said when you guys, and they tell like, do it when you feel great. Don't go, well, don't go wait to go get yeah, tested. you don't know what the, what yeah, it, go, it compares go, to. If you are a person who's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm optimal. Well, okay, if you're fine and you're optimal, go get your blood work done so you have a baseline to refer yeah, back to smart. because in 10 years from now, when the inevitable happens and it, you're not perfect, you can now give that to your your therapist and say, "Listen, this is this is where I felt amazing. This is where my levels were, and where am I at now? And how can we get my get me to there?" Yeah, and the the part to me that was really revealing when you really learn and, and dive into this is again the stigma around testosterone. Like, if your thyroid is borderline and you have all the symptoms of low thyroid, doctors are typically okay with giving oh, you a little yeah. thyroid. If you're obviously if insulin's you know down, they're going to give you insulin or estrogen or progesterone, they tend to be pretty open to that. But testosterone has been so demonized, which is interesting because it's one of the safest hormones that you could administer. Um, it's so demonized. They're so afraid. So even if you're like one, you know, 0.1 above the lowest, you know, measure on that scale, they're, they're really reluctant to that's talk because, about That's it. because nobody goes and takes 10x the thyroid medication. That's why. Mm. That's exactly. Why. If people were taking 10x thyroid, you mean like as a performance enhancing yeah, drug? That's oh, I mean. yeah. oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. That's like, 100% that's potential for abuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The potential for abuse is extremely high when it comes to. But you know what? Even along those lines, if you took 10x of any hormone, that's what my point. You would kill yourself. That's my point. Yeah, my, not point my point. My yeah. point is the if you were you know it gets demonized, but the irony of that is something like thyroid medication, which is readily prescribed or prescribed all the time. If someone went out and did 4x that, and so that the, all the fear around testosterone is the 4x 10x that's right if you take if your doctor gives you your testosterone and you says hey take 200 milligrams a week and you go take a thousand you know yeah. but you now fall in a different category but if you stick to what he tells you it's just as safe as a thyroid yeah but i it's 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 hard to hear this from young men because that's a really tough situation but there are other alternatives i have had clients in their 20s like this and they didn't want to go on testosterone and so what they did is they went on other medications to kind of jumpstart testosterone along with some lifestyle changes. And they actually had some pretty good Well, success. I don't think if you're in your 20s, I don't think your your first or even second or even third option should be testosterone. You should try yeah. and look at all the other things that are affecting it first. Otherwise, you're just masking the root cause of why why you have you could that. Be, yeah, if you're sure. not naturally producing it at that point, I mean, that's something that should be a little bit alarming. Right. Our next caller is Mac from Indiana. Mac, what's happening? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Uh, so I had some, I was looking for some advice on how to combat the feeling of not doing enough in the gym. Okay. Uh, so some context, uh, I just started maps aesthetic and, or not just started getting through a uh, phase two here and on these focus sessions days on my smaller muscle groups, like triceps and traps, I feel like I'm just not doing enough during my time in the gym. So tell me, tell me, Mac, a little bit about your athletic background that I know you have. Uh, yeah, so I was a D1 swimmer yeah. in college, uh, just recently graduated in May. So I'm very much accustomed to the 20 hours of 20 hours a week of working out. It's like six days a week, two hours of practice. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've so trained, I've trained a couple highly competitive swimmers. I had no when I first started training one years ago. I had no idea the amount of frequency and volume of training at that level. It was twice a day, right? You did like twice a day for First hours? Thing in the morning? Yeah, I mean, it'd be, yeah, it'd be a double probably twice, maybe three times a week. I mean, just 
a lot of a lot of volume. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's so let's unpack this for a second. Okay. What do you mean when you say that you feel like you're not doing enough, or let's say you feel unsatisfied? Like, what do you what do you mean by that exactly? Uh, like if I like if it's if I'm doing triceps, it just feels like only doing three exercises of three sets just isn't enough, I guess. Like, I just don't feel uh, like I've I've done anything. What What does enough feel like to you? A uh, little bit sore, uh, maybe not not like too sore, but you know, uh, I guess just um, satisfied with it. I get like I feel like I've I've done a good work and I've I've put the work in. I know, yes, but, but like with but what does that feel like? So yeah. we, this is important that we. I know we, what Sal's figure, fishing for right now. Well, I'm not even <laughs> fishing. I just want to know what you mean because oh, you're fishing. Yeah, because yes, I want to know what it feels like to you, and and maybe you don't even maybe you haven't even put words to this, but this is really important uh, to break down because there's an upper limit to how much exercise your body can tolerate, and then there's the best amount that's going to get you the best results. And they're not the same. So there's a there's a, a volume and intensity and a frequency that's going to give you the best results. And then up above and beyond that is what you can tolerate. And you get diminishing returns, but you can tolerate it. You can get away with it. And so I need to know what feeling you're looking for because if it's, you know, and this is important because if you feel like, you know, I just, I feel like I can do more. Well, that just means that you're used to training your upper limit of tolerance, not optimal, not optimum for results. Nothing necessarily wrong with that if you're willing to trade results and progress for that feeling. Well, so. also keep in mind too, when you're when you're a competitive swimmer, you're trying to get great at this sport, right? Like you're not trying to build the most muscle or burn the most body fat. So if you're approaching weight training with that same idea, well, yeah, we could totally scale up the volume of, of how much exercise you're doing if you just want to get better at exercising. But I'm assuming that you have goals like I want to build some muscle, I want to be stronger, I want to lose body fat. Like, if you have goals like that, it's uh, there's a much more scientific approach to how you do that and what's optimal for your body to see the most amount of results versus how much can I actually do in a workout that I'll actually be able to tolerate. Like Sal saying, those are different things. And when I train comp highly competitive people, it's really hard for them to make that switch because totally. that's how they have approached training for their sport for so many years and probably had success if you made it to D1. So you're, you've learned to do that and push yourself to that level. But when you're actually training to build muscle or to build strength or to lose body fat, it's a it's a total different approach than just how much can I can I do now? Where's where's your intensity gauge through these sets? Like, are you placing more demand on the load? And and after you're done, you feel unsat. Like it feels hard on your way through, but you just feel unsatisfied because you don't have that sore feeling after you get through your sets. Yeah, um, I'm more putting more emphasis on the total reps, so I'm trying to hit that 20 rep range on the, yeah. on these focus sessions. You, you know, um, you know what, Mac, um, sorry to interrupt. Okay. So here's one of the challenges. I'm going to, I'm going to go through this because this might be something that you're thinking. If not, definitely people watching in the same position as you are, are, are thinking this, you competed at a very high level and you trained at it with an extreme volume. And so the argument tends to come back and say, well, if it doesn't work, then why was I training so much and competing at such a high level? Well, here's why. Okay. Here's why swimmers and divers and gymnasts in particular 
train so much. Now, you don't see football players doing that kind of volume of training. It's different. But mm. you see highly skilled sports do incredible amounts of volume and frequency. And here's why. Let me ask you a question, Mac. You are, you're, you obviously know how to swim very yeah. well. How much of a difference does, per, does perfect technique make in your speed when you're swimming? everything that's everything right like you could have somebody who's less perfect but way more powerful and they'll get creamed by the guy next to him who's got the most perfect technique with their swim right uh yeah this is true for diving and gymnastics as well now that volume and frequency and training the reason why they're training you to the point that you can maximally tolerate is because what they're really looking for is perfection and technique and execution and the more you practice the better your execution gets. Even if you sacrifice a little bit of strength and recovery and stamina, that's worth it because it's all about skill and technique. Now, when you're working out, Adam said something great. You want to be the best at working out, well, then just go ahead and do as much as you could possibly tolerate. But if you're looking for strength, aesthetics, mobility, muscle building, fat loss, you're going to have to change your mentality. It is not the same mental state as mm -hmm. the D1 competitive swimmer that you were before. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and help you here because it's hard to get out of that. So here's some advice. Yeah. When you're in there doing your focus sessions, do your focus session. When you're done with it, do something else. You don't have to leave the gym. Why not do more mobility work or technique work or skill work or stretching or other types of activity that can help facilitate recovery, can improve maybe your skill or work on mobility. But what I don't want you to do is keep lifting weights because it's just going to take away. Again, unless you don't care about the results as much, then I'd say go and push yourself until you hit that limit. But if you really care about results, don't do more, but you can do other things that can help out. And, and to be honest, Mac, and I don't know if you started here, but already like what we've learned about you already. And if you were an actual client, I would actually make your ass do map, maps and a ball, yeah. which would really fucking drive you crazy. Yeah, this, is, this, is, <laughs> yeah, this is where I would have gone. Like, yeah. yeah. More of the one to five rep range uh, to really shake it up because this is a completely different pursuit and you have to kind of, I mean, this is, this is a very challenging mental uh, task in front of you is to really kind of shift that attention into what builds you the most strength and not necessarily what you're used to in terms of the feel of this physical activity. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny. The irony Mac yeah. is that maps aesthetic is one of our higher volume programs. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said, <laughs> exactly. Why you, well, yeah, so that's, that's, that's why I picked it. I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I know. I know that's and it's like nothing it. for you. So yeah. it's like, you got to yeah. do something different. Yeah, yeah. I know that's why you pick. Are you in our private forum? No, I'm not. Okay. But. You're going to need coaching. Yeah. This is not, the, but okay. The hardest people I ever trained were people like you. So, yeah. and it's hard because it's, you have that mentality. It's there. It was really effective for you. It's going to be really hard to get out of that. So I'm going to bring you in our, our private forum. Give us updates, tag us and give us updates so that we can keep talking sense into you because you're going to keep veering into this lane. It's just going to keep happening. I promise you. Yeah. I would love to yeah, see you. Absolutely. I would love to see you. Why don't we give him maps anabolic too? Because I'd actually like to see him do maps anabolic as much as it'll drive him crazy. And the thing that I, if you were my client, that might be too much of a jump. That's dude. all right. Though. If we're, and if you were a client of mine and I was talking to you every day, I would actually be making good medicine. Dude. I'd want you to do long rest periods and we would just like, I'd make you sit down and yeah. you'd be chalking up and we'd be talking about the squad. And like, oh yeah, that looked really good last time. Now next time. And like really 
analyzing your movement and technique. He's so antsy. Yeah, and ah. and and making you sit and rest for those full he, three he, minutes. He, he'd and then, fire you and hire the CrossFit coach <laughs> over there yeah. and all the, all the circuits and shit. But I, but I would, I would, I would, I would make you do that, and then and and let's just let's just focus on getting stronger and stronger and giving yeah. yourself these these long adequate rests. And it would, I know it would drive you crazy, but I know it's what's best for you. And that if I could get you to commit for a couple months of trusting me, um, I think that once you saw the strength gains and the muscle that would start to come on your body, yeah. I think that I, I could get you bought in. But it's it's breaking that uh, those old behaviors uh, that made you such a great swimmer. It's it's you don't want to be just great at working out. I think you want to probably build muscle or get stronger. Those things are probably where you're. I'm assuming, right? I mean, I guess we should clarify. Yeah. That. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mac, yeah. Mac what yeah. when you were competitive? So were you were you more of a sprinter, uh, medium distance or long nah, distance? No, I was the distance kid. You were the distance oh, yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, nonetheless, yeah, so nonetheless, I'm going to say this: uh, if you got to D1 for any sport. You've got better genetics than 99% of anybody watching this. If you do everything right with what we're saying, you're going to get amazing results. So if your results are lackluster, you're probably overdoing it. That's what I'm going to guess. You're probably overdoing it. And I so. would and I would say um, what I would get my my competitive athletes to do is to just is uh, let's channel that that crazy discipline that you have mm -hmm. and attention to detail to other things like the the diet like let's let's get like really crazy about really tracking the food and paying attention to how your body and strength is changing and like shift that and mobility like get really good at mobility moves maybe take something from like our our uh, maps performance program and like practice mobility moves and get mm -hmm. really good at that like find er other areas that um you can get hyper focused on and and take that competitive uh, mind of yours and channel it where it's going to benefit you channeling that that into more volume and intensity and training is only going to hinder you so that you've got to shift away from and find something else to, to focus it on yeah we look forward to seeing you in the forum mac gotcha right on man All right. awesome thanks for calling in yeah i appreciate it yep and in, in another life uh adam was a d1 swimmer yeah. remember that time we went to the pool and yeah. he, just, yeah. he did really well against it out all of a sudden. I, you know it's I, I, i'm telling the truth now there's obviously general categories of clients that we've worked with the most challenging were these especially when they were only like five to 10 years out, highly competitive college athletes. For sure. Because it was, they're successful. It was so hard to get them to pull back. It was it was easier to get the couch potato to start moving than it was to get that person to pull back because they're in a, they have another gear. Yeah. They're very comfortable in that gear. Yeah. It brought them success. And I like to explain the whole thing about skill and technique because certain sports, the goal is, is to push you to your absolute limits because it's about practicing this like you look at a diver they're going to practice as much as their bodies can handle because every little you know if you're off just a little bit you're you're not going to be as good it's not about getting a stronger you know yeah. improving they're, they're refining they're sharpening you know that's definitely part of the process practicing these moves and really getting really good at it and so that's the difference right is to be really good at all these exercises but like if you want to make a substantial change you have to really do something different than you've been doing the whole time yeah totally look if you like uh, mind pump you'll love mindpumpfree.com head over there and check out all of our free guides we have guides that can help you with all of your fitness goals you can also find the three of us on instagram so justin is at mind pump justin i'm at mind pump sal and adam is at mind pump adam thank you for listening to mind pump if your goal is to build and shape your body dramatically improve your health and energy and maximize your overall performance check out our discounted rgb super bundle at mindpumpmedia.com the rgb super bundle includes maps anabolic maps performance and maps aesthetic 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.